down to business. I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi, and uh, I got my blackjack gum here, and I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling that something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Don't shake hands. Brothers gotta hug. Come to the coast. We get together. Have a few laughs. Oh, you. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? Drinking heavily. Put that coffee down. Bowling, this calls for the old Billy Barule. That's a huge bitch! The royal penis is clean, your highness. Hey, where are the white women at? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's over, Johnny. It's over! Nuclear heat graphics. Beautifully handcrafted designs of nostalgic horror. We have such sights to show you. Wrestling. You, Hulk Hogan, must self-destruct. Retro cartoons and entertainment. A fellow chucker, eh? Portraits, customized posters, fan posters, and so much more. NuclearHeatGraphics.com Art makes us human. Oh, what is going on, everybody? It is Saturday night. It is Hollywood Hangout, and we are here uh, once again. I've got Anthony with me. What's going on? What's going on, bro? Not much. And joining us, as always, Bobby Anthem. What is up, Bobby? I got the call to be here. <laughs> I shotgunned a Mountain Dew. And I got that familiar feeling that something rank is going on in here. <laughs> oh, you know it is. <laughs> you know it is. Uh, yeah, this is Hollywood Hangout. Appreciate you guys joining us late on a Saturday night. Thank you very much. And uh, real quick, obviously, don't forget to check out ShaheenNuclearHeatGraphics.com. Uh, who else can we shout out here? Obviously, Wrestling Soup, them boys over there. Yuck Nasty. I don't know what's going on with Yuck. Bobby, is he? did he... Are they taking a break? Are they taking a hiatus? Uh, you know they're they're gonna they're gonna take a little break. They do this every once in a while. They're okay. they're fine. Everything's good. There's there's no drama. There's no beef. Everything is good with yeah. Yuck and Dogger. They will be back. 
All right, cool, cool. Wrestling's high marks always hanging out and mentioning us, Absolutely. and uh, J Cat always talking about us too. So check out Yakuza Kick Radio right there on iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you find. So there we go. With that out of the way, uh, appreciate you guys joining us. Like I said, not gonna do a movie tonight. Uh, be honest, it's kind of hard for me to watch a movie. It's just me and my boys. So. Whew, for me to sit down and watch a movie would not be an easy thing to do. Um, but what we did is we took a list, a, a rather large list, honestly. Um, That's what she said. Yes, she said you had a rather large list. I don't think chicks. <laughs> I don't think chicks find long lists hot. I don't know. It's just. I don't know. Maybe Julian knows. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or Stephen. That was an inside joke, guys. That was a real inside one right there. That was there. very inside. Uh, we, we took a list of 140 of Rotten Tomatoes essential comedy movies to watch now. And me and Anthony narrowed it down to, I said 10, but I couldn't get any less than 12. I'm sorry. I couldn't do it. Y- y'all know for me, yeah, folks, that, that's good for me. <laughs> Yeah, so don't worry if you're listening right now. We're not going to make you sit through 140 movies. No, no, not at all. Um, now, I, my original list was 27. So I, I whittled away at that list. Um, some of those movies I had never even heard of. Matter of fact, the number one movie I've never heard of. Some of these, quite frankly, didn't belong on the list. But, you know, it's opinions like assholes. Uh, Everybody has them. All right. The the main one that I want to mention that should not be on the list. Let, let's let's get this out of the way real quick. Good Morning Vietnam is not a fucking comedy. Good. If you call Good Morning Vietnam a comedy, you are a heartless fucking piece of shit. And I don't even want to fucking talk to you. Seriously, dude. That movie is far from a comedy. Yes, it has funny parts, but genre-wise, uh-uh. That movie, uh, no, no. It stars a comedy legend, but mm-hmm. I mean that doesn't necessarily make the movie a comedy. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, absolutely ridiculous in my opinion. Absolutely fucking ridiculous. Honestly, I and I also found one that I thought was missing from the this list was Cadillac Man with Robin Williams. Mm. Speaking so of, so it should have been Williams, swapped out. Yeah, I would have swapped those two out because I mean Cadillac Man with him and Fran Drescher and. Uh, what's that guy? Tim Robbins, a uh, bunch of people in that movie that that should have been on there, in my opinion. But uh, some of these movies just were—I've never and, heard of a good chunk of them. Yeah, and uh, call me a misogynist if you want, but the fuck is the first Wise Club doing on this list? I mean, it, they got it ranked pretty low, but still, I, the fucking first Wise Club—I don't right? get it. I don't. I, I mean, there's a movie on here called Shaolin Soccer. What the fuck? I've never even heard it. It has 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, that's. This is my very first time hearing of this. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. It's just, it's pretty crazy. But that, that's why I, when I read the list, I'm like, let's narrow this down and kind of do, which we've never really done our top tens. We usually just go over a list. I figured it would be a little better to get our top tens in there. Um, and what helped me is any movie we had already reviewed, I kind of cut those out too, uh, just to make it easier. I mean, if you want to hear our opinion on those movies, trust me, just go back and listen. 
Um, but uh, a lot of really good movies on here. This was extremely hard to cut this list down to even 12. I should have done 15. <laughs> really is what I, what I should have done. But, uh, I mean, you know, we got House Party on here. We just reviewed that. There was no reason to talk about that again. Um, American Pie is on here. I know we didn't review that. That's a great one. Legally Blonde, fuck that. Uh, just uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, we've gone over that one. Stripes, we've done that one. So I kind of backed off a few of those just because we had done them. Uh, there's even, I mean, A League of Their Own. You guys remember that movie, 1992, yeah. with Tom Hanks? Yeah. Do you guys, I don't consider that a comedy either. Yeah, it was It was a comedy. I mean, it, it, it wasn't a drama. I mean, it had a fairly uh, happy ending. Yeah. I mean, it was just a comedy that was based on, uh, you know, ba- uh, inspired by true events. See, now I want to know what IMDb lists that genre as. Comedy, drama, slash sport. See, see, let me ask you guys something, because I'm looking at some of the uh, titles on this list. What do you, would you consider a movie like Mrs. Doubtfire a, a comedy? Because to me, I, that's one of my, I don't want to say one of my favorites, but it's a movie I enjoy. But it has, like, to me, it has comedic elements, but it's more of a drama if you really look at it and break it down. Family strife, parents going through, you know, kids having to go through a divorce situation. You know what I mean? It's just like, do you really consider that a comedy? I actually do, yeah. honestly. I I, feel, I I get what you're saying though, because you know it it could be seen as either a, a comedy with a dramatic uh, backdrop or or a drama with a comedic backdrop. E- either way, it could be seen as e- either. Mm-hmm. I consider it a comedy though. There's there's I feel I feel like there's more than enough comedic elements in it to consider it a comedy. Right. Yeah, I could see that. Um. Another one that I bet neither one of you guys have seen that probably shouldn't be on this list since we're going over them. The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Not a comedy. I don't, I know, I don't even remember much about that. I got a feeling neither one of you guys saw that movie. Uh, yeah, you cut out a little bit, Box. What was the name of the movie? The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. I'll be honest, I have not. No, I wouldn't doubt it basically it's basically it's a bunch of fucking drag queens in this movie it's, okay yeah it, it not it's not too wong fu which i didn't see that on here either and that is a funny fucking movie <laughs> too wong fu uh thank you Ju, uh, thank you julie noir for everything with uh patrick swayze yeah. wesley snipes john leguizamo yeah. all dressed as john women leguizamo. Come on, that's a funny ass fucking movie. Just to see Wesley Snipes in a dress is fucking hilarious. <laughs> come on, come on. Let's be honest here. Yes, not since the days of Flip Wilson has a black man in drag ever looked so ugly. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and that was during that was during his prime, man. That was during Wesley Snipes' heyday, and women were crazy for Wesley Snipes, but he did not make a good one. <laughs> and I, I'll be one. honest. I'll be honest. I was actually surprised he took that role. That doesn't. He doesn't seem like the type that would be cool with that. Uh, maybe not. I, but I disagree. Yeah, I, 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 I disagree with that too. And also, those roles are the ones that could, kind of, you know, if you, the fact that you have the balls to take that—no pun intended 
take a role <laughs> like that could actually help your Hollywood career. Not paying your taxes doesn't help your Hollywood career. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. oh. but I mean, I, I say I disagree because I, he takes his craft seriously as an actor. You know, he, he wanted to explore his range, um, try different things. And, and I respect any actor who does that. But uh, even when he did New Jack City, that was a role that he didn't want to do. He had to get out of his comfort zone right. to play Nino Brown mm-hmm. just because he didn't want to play a criminal. He didn't want to he didn't want to perpetuate a stereotype as the black man as the criminal. But, you know, he, he put some thought into it. He said, OK, you know what, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to put my all into it. And, you know, he just embraced the role as an actor. He looked at it just strictly as an actor. And I feel like maybe that even opened him up to doing uh, different types of roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. And yeah, it's kind of weird <clears throat> that he didn't want to do new Jack city. When I would say most people, that's what he's known for that role. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. uh, that's his def- yeah, yeah, the defining most, role. Probably the most believable role he's ever played. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't want to fucking do it. You know what, though? That's just like uh, in Goodfellas. Paulie didn't want to play the fucking the, the bad guy. He didn't want to be the, the boss. He hated it. He hated the whole thing. Meanwhile, he yeah. came off again. Great, most believable, awesome fucking character. Yeah. Yes. So, mm-hmm. uh, and you know what? Another movie, the, another one, uh, Better Off Dead with John, uh, John Cusack. He did not want to. He thought he got scammed into doing that movie. Tried to <laughs> sue them to get out of the contract. Wow. And that, I would say, is one of John Cusack's best fucking roles was in Better Off Dead, which should be on this list also and is not. Mm. Now that we mentioned that movie, I just thought about how funny that fucking movie was. Wow. See, now I haven't I haven't seen the list. Anthony sent me the list, but um, I just I kind of wanted to be surprised with the movies that you guys picked. So now I'm just really wondering what movies are not on there that I think should be. Yeah. Well, I guess we can go ahead and uh, we can go ahead and start. Mine are in no. Trust me, it was hard enough to cut the list down. I couldn't put these movies in any order. You know, one to whatever. But I do have twelve. Uh, Anthony, how many do you have? Ten or twelve? Uh, ten. All right, no problem. No problem. We'll probably double up on a few anyway, so it won't really matter anyway. But um, yeah, if there's a, if there's overlap, you know, I could just cut up. You know. Cut, nah. cut a couple out here and there. Yeah, if we do, like I said, I still have a, a list of movies that I cut that we can still bullshit about a little bit here. And my 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 cut list is still alive. And and, and by the way, uh, if you want to if you want to be depressed, uh, where I got the list at, right? I'm reading through some of the comments. You could tell us a bunch of millennials hmm. comment on it. Uh, just the way like this shit doesn't hold up. You had to kind of be there to get the humor in it. Fuck you. Be there. Okay, I mean, seriously. A classic is a classic, man. People need to... Uh, dude, some of the movies I'm going to say are probably the most offensive comedies in the world. And I don't give a yeah. fuck, dude. I don't care. I yeah, don't. I'm, I'm, I'm actually with you there. Like, Believe me, I've said this before. Out of the three of us on this call here and out of like a lot of people listening, I'm probably among the most liberal... Uh, like. I would probably like I have some views that will probably get me labeled as an SJW. Whatever, I don't give a fuck. I'm a hippie. I don't give a fuck. But 
some of my favorite comedies are the offensive, the the misogynistic, some sometimes even racist. Like that was just the funny shit back in the day, and I can uh-huh. still laugh at the stuff now. Oh, trust unapologetically. me, unapologetically. Oh yeah, trust me. Some of the stuff I mentioned will be all three of those things you just mentioned. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Anthony, you want to go ahead and start with uh, with one of yours, and I'll go ahead after you. Yes, sir. Uh, this is a uh, number. My uh, number ten pick is a sentimental favorite. I'm gonna go with Tommy Boy. Start us off. Uh, All right. Uh, good. Uh, good. I fucking miss Chris Farley to this day, man. Um, and uh, shout out to Adam Sandler, by the way, to that for that tribute song. Bobby, did you get a chance to hear it? No. He uh, hosted uh, Saturday Night Live a couple weeks ago, and he did a uh, this uh, tribute song to Chris Farley, man, that brought t- tears to your eyes. And I'll say this about Adam Sandler real quick, and then we'll get back to Tommy Boy. That's a loyal fucking dude right there. Yeah. Loyal fucking dude. You can say whatever you want about, you know, movies, this, that, and the third. He is loyal to a T to his friends. You could tell all about his friends. Yeah. Every you could tell he misses that dude every fucking day, man. Yeah, yeah. It's a four minute forty five second song. I'll tell you guys what, I will put it on the uh downloads. I'll put it at the end of the download. We uh the uh, Chris Farley song. I'll remember remember to do that. So I'll yeah, drop right. that song at the end so everyone can cry with us at the end of the show. <laughs> But, uh, nah, but um, just uh, in terms of like comedic timing, mm. presence, like he was just a ball of energy from beginning to end, man. And uh, what do you guys thoughts? Uh, what do you guys think of Tommy Boy? Do you think it holds up in this uh, yeah. PC culture we live in now, or do you uh, think it kind of like yeah? I do, and it, it that that was also on my cut list. I, I guess I cut that one because we did the whole Chris Farley episode, and I mean, so much great things to say about Chris Farley and. Obviously, this was one of the with him and David Spade, who, in my opinion, you know, besides Martin Short and Steve Martin, these two might have had some of the best fucking chemistry in the world. Um, You know, well, I'll I'll even add Cheech and Chong in there. But these guys here just had a certain chemistry. They were funny together. You honestly thought when you were watching those two together that all they were doing was trying to make each other laugh. Yeah. Which, if yeah. you watch Saturday Night Live, him and Sandler, that's all they're trying to do when they're out there together. They're just trying to make each other laugh off script. Yeah. And that's the way it felt when you watched Chris Farley and David Spade. I just, it was such a good connection. And uh, obviously, I I wish it would have lasted longer. Yeah. They were legit best friends. I mean, like uh, just like Anthony said, um, about Sandler and Farley, like that whole group of guys. And this is why they still continue to do so many movies and do so many cameos. And, and if one of them is doing stand up, the other one will just show up or whatever. Like they, they work so tight together because they were legitimately best friends. They were all young guys, very, very young guys when they came together on Saturday night live. So it was like, that was, that's like the equivalent of their college days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, speaking for myself, I made some lifelong bonds in, in college. You know, my, some of my best friends, I didn't grow up with these guys, but our formative years were in college. And, you know, to this day, we're still tight. That's how they were. But David Spade, I've, I've heard, I've seen him in interviews and he would say, just like Anthony said, he misses him every day. Mm-hmm. Those are David Spade's words. He said he misses him every day you know like they were tight they were they were damn near the same person they were inseparable 
So man, it would have been it would have been amazing to see how their careers would have carried on if he was still alive. They would still there's no doubt in my mind they would still be making movies together today. And I'm glad you brought that up, Bob, because um I always wonder sometimes like about trajectory about people. Do you think that he would have like flamed out at some point or do you think he could have kept that momentum going? Because it seems like a lot of times when people pass away, especially as young as he did, their legacy kind of grows to be their legacy grows greater in depth than it did in life almost. Because he didn't do a lot, a whole unfortunately he didn't get to do a whole lot before he passed away. But now it's like people kind of romanticize. But do you think he could have kept that momentum going into the two thousands? Personally, I think yes, because I think he would have evolved. You know, he he had one comedy style which was just. I'll say it was amazing. You know, I, I, I don't know many people who didn't think he was funny. You mm-hmm. know, he did a lot of the slapstick stuff. He did a lot of the body humor. You know, he made fun of his, his own weight. And, you know, he, he had a particular comedy style, uh, which was sort of two dimensional, but he was so fucking good at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I really think that he would have evolved. I think we would have seen more of what he could do as an actor. I really believe that he probably would have branched out to, uh, to even do some more dramatic roles. And I think he would have been able to pull it off. We we saw some of it in Tommy Boy. He yeah, had some yeah. he had to pull off some some serious dramatic lines and I think he did it well. I think he would have ended up in a few like rom-coms and things like that. He would have been the good guy to end up in those cuz that's like you just said that's sort of what Tommy Boy ended up being at the end was kind of a romantic comedy. He did end yeah. up with the girl, but you got to remember when he died he was just getting ready to read for the Shrek movie. Yeah. So that yeah, you can find you can find video on YouTube of him actually voicing Shrek. Oh, we, the, the character was made for him. Oh yeah, we 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 played it when we did the Chris Farley episode. We played those. Oh, that's right. And um, so the trajectory of his career would have taken off from that movie, just like Mike Myers Myers did. I mean, not that Mike Myers wasn't already a very established actor, but. I think that right there, having the Disney label attached to Chris Farley, would have been a different Chris Farley. Yeah, and, and I, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Bob. No, no, I'm just saying I kind of wish that he had lived because that role might have, I'm not going to say it would have, but it's possible that might have woke him up and changed his career for the better. Yeah. Ah, sorry, Anthony, go ahead. Oh, no, no, I was going to say, like, it's like the best, the best comparison I can comparison i can make here is the same way you kind of feel about john candy is how i feel about chris farley except john candy at least had a run right you know what he had like he had like he had like a run i mean farley had a run but he did snl he did about what two or three movies mm-hmm. don't get me wrong i mean black sheet was this wasn't tommy boy but i enjoyed it yeah for what it was but he didn't really have that run like John Candy was in the business for about at least well, he had a good ten year run. Oh yeah, man, yeah. I, probably longer. I believe John Candy was on SCTV. Mm-hmm. I think. You, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So. Yeah, he was know, a he was a Canada boy, wasn't he? I believe so. I yeah. Mean, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, you know, Smart Wahlberg brings up a really good point. Uh, by the <laughs> yeah. way, by the way, welcome back, Smart. You know what? Yeah, though you read this Smark. and it's funny, but you know what? It's real. Kevin James had a career for the last 19 years as a lesser version of Chris Farley. He's right. Yeah. He's right. 
Kevin James ba- he basically is a less Chris Farley. He does the same sort of humor. He just doesn't have the charisma that Chris Farley yeah. had. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that his role in uh, what was that movie, Grown Ups, was supposed to be Farley. Everybody knows that. Yeah, I know. you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, and, and I think Kevin James is a funny dude. I really do. It just it just hurts that like knowing that is just a reminder. It's it's a constant reminder that Farley is gone. Yeah, you're right, man. Uh, you know what? A lot of things are, and even you know, just I'll even mentioning these movies and. Adam Sandler and David Spade keep his memory alive, which I love that. I love that those two keep his memory alive. Every chance they get, they do it. So always a good thing to to, to hear that and see that. Like like I said, even with that Sandler song he just did on SNL, motherfucker had me fucking choked up. He had the whole fucking crowd choked up, man. He was even choked up singing it. But um, yeah, Tommy Boy is a classic, classic. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, we good on Tommy Boy? Yes, sir. All right, I'm going to drop down. Let's see, where were we? We're on mine. And my number 12, again, no order, um, is Airplane. Oh, fuck, dude. I was hoping this would be on the list. Yep, the 1980, I believe David Schultz made that movie. Uh, 1980. The Zuckers. Yeah, the Zuckers. That's right. The Zucker, Zuckers. Yes, yeah, it's a Zucker Abram film. Abrams film. Yes, it is. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Um, by the way, that was number two on this list. Which, I mean, you want to talk about a movie that I did not expect to be number two on this SJW <laughs> list? Airplane <laughs> is all of what you mentioned. Um, but <laughs> but this is a movie that literally takes every single stereotype and makes fun of it oh yeah it, i mean it takes trust one of the the uh clips at the beginning of the show you ever seen a grown man naked that is from airplane <laughs> that is from the movie um really great movie though airplane it's an old movie i believe yeah. This might have been like one of the first real comedies that I found hilarious. I mean, I was five years old when this came out. And, yeah, I was also inappropriately young to watch, <laughs> to watch that movie. Yeah, yes. and I believe I did watch this with my dad at like six or seven years old. But same, yeah, awesome, <laughs> awesome fucking movie. Let's see, uh, most of the actors you're not really going to know today. But, Robert but, Hayes, but, I believe. Yep, uh, Peter Graves was in this. Robert Hayes. Yep. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> uh-huh. Leslie Nielsen from the yep. uh, Naked Gun movies was in this movie. A lot. A lot of, I mean, uh, just great actors. and a yeah, great... Barbara Billingsley mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from uh, Leave it to Beaver and yeah. the voice of Nanny from Muppet Babies. <laughs> <laughs> Mama Beaver was speaking jive talk. Hell uh... yeah, man. Killing it, too. <laughs> Um, I speak jive. I'm like hell yeah, oh, fuck yeah, God. June Cleaver. Yeah, this this is exactly one of those though. I mean, back in the '80s, they made these stereotype, stereotypical racist comedies, and they were hilarious because yeah. all they were doing was spoofing things. I mean, you know, you you got one of the scenes in there right in the beginning where you know he's going into the airport and back when you used to go to the airport they would hit you up with every flyer in the world before they made that shit illegal you know every religious group would be out there trying to hand you flyers and it, you know they made fun of it 
they made fun of, but it was just one of the best comedies that I can remember. If I ever see it and I'm flipping through the channels on TV, that will be one that I'm stopping on. Yeah, and the beauty of it, uh, and, and Anthony, I want to get your view after this, but I'm I'm so fucking passionate about airplane. <laughs> cool. But the beauty of airplane and movies along those lines, the Zucker films and um, you know, Naked Gun and movies like that is you can watch it a million times, and yeah. every single time you watch it, you're gonna notice something new that you didn't notice before going on in the background. Yes. Yes, and that guy in the background is probably one of the best parts of that movie. Um, who is that in the background, that guy? Uh, I don't know who he is, but you, you know who I'm talking about, the one that's always making little quick one-liners. Oh, I know who you talk- Yeah, yeah, the... Uh... Uh, the little gay guy. I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a little gay guy. He just makes little jokes. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. You know that's what he... I, uh, did they make... I can't remember if... if if uh they were blatant about it but yeah it was obvious that he was definitely homosexual yeah 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 the, they were never blatant about it but yeah he he didn't make it really uh you know he didn't hide it yeah, yeah <laughs> but he was funny as hell just popping in doing little one liners yeah 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 great shit man uh this is, actually if you go on youtube you can find a bunch of the classic scenes i'm not even going to play it it's 10 minutes long but there are some really good scenes in that movie, and like I said, one of the greater comedies that I've ever, ever fucking seen. And that movie, like Bobby said, that movie holds a special place in my heart, too, because I believe it was one of the first ones I watched. So, great fucking movie, and um, I don't know. I mean, there's not a ton to say about it. Watch it yeah, if Anthony, you haven't seen Anthony, it. Anthony, I know it was before your time. Have you seen it? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a class. You know, it actually ties into my next pick. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a classic, man. And I, and I like the fact that, like I said, it had a lot of, it had a lot of, uh, racial overtones to it in terms of the humor and the comedy. But if you really pay attention to it, they were making fun of it. They were, it, yeah. it was all about how absurd it is to like obsess over these type of things. But That's made, exactly what they were doing. They, yeah. But they made fun of everything. I mean, they, yeah. they, they had sex jokes in there. They had the, I mean, the, the, the little girl when the boy asked her how she wanted, she sits beside the little kid and they're all like adult looking and he goes, how would you like your coffee? She goes, like my men, black. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And so, what was this rated back in the day with PG, right? Uh, I'm going to go with R. Hold on a minute. I believe that was an R. They used to make a lot of these rated R comedies. Because it was then. weird because back in the day, like in the 70s and 60s and what? 70s, I know movies were like, they would have nudity in them. They'd be rated PG. Well, because it went... <laughs> This movie is PG. The second one had a little bit of nudity. Uh, Airplane 2, the sequel. Yeah. Another great one. Which I was, which I don't think the Zuckers had anything to do with because they didn't want the, they didn't want a sequel to be made. No, they didn't. And I really liked that one too. Um, I but did yeah, too. Yeah. This movie's fucking PG. <laughs> yeah, now, 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 nowadays that'd be a hard R. Oh, this yeah. would be NC 17. Probably no children under seventeen to see this movie. NC seventeen R. Ah, it would be bad. Nobody would. I cannot believe. I cannot yeah. believe this is PG. Yeah, man. Ooh, I miss nineteen eighty. Anyway, one <laughs> interesting bit of trivia that I have too about the uh, the uh, the jive talkers. Mm-hmm. The okay, so the script was written 
and they the the writers knew that they wanted these black guys in the movie speaking jive mm-hmm. so they wrote the script but you know to put it bluntly these these hollywood white people didn't know how to write or speak jive so they did the best they could they gave the scripts to the guy to the actors and the actors were basically like the fuck is this <laughs> you know <laughs> like this is bullshit like it wasn't convincing enough mm-hmm. so everything that those guys said was their own personal rewrite oh. of the script that they were given and uh full disclosure the stuff that they were t- saying was gibberish nothing that they said meant anything mm. like they they were saying everything in a way that they kind of understood what they were saying but it was basically a language that those that those two actors made up themselves that right. none of that was actual jive talk oh that's fucking hilarious man um and also this was leslie nielsen's first comedy role yeah he was a serious actor mm-hmm. this was his fucking first comedy legend role yep and one airline did actually buy this movie to play on their flight. Air Mexico. Aero <laughs> Mexico bought it and they played this on their uh, as their in flight entertainment when they used to uh they still play movies on planes depending on how long you're going. But uh yeah, that's uh what a great fucking movie and it will always go down as one of the greatest. And it was number two on this list, which I'm still surprised yeah. about because just surprised oh. this list was not made for uh th- these kind of movies so well, it uh, deserves to be up there that's for damn sure damn sure it does so uh anthony what you got now bro uh next one to uh continue with the uh zucker root uh naked gun yes. from the files of police squad <laughs> nice yes. I love like i mean to me leslie nielsen so underrated I mean, like he went from drama to comedy, and just the way he plays it, just straight. <laughs> yeah, that was his charm. That's what made yeah. it great. It's like he was in on the joke, but he really wasn't. It added to the humor of it. Yeah, the dry humor that he had was great. Yeah. The, the fact that he could do, and even in the Naked Gun movies, he basically played the same character doing the same kind of humor with the straight-faced, bumbling fool. Mm-hmm. Yes. Always good. Love Leslie Nielsen and those Naked Gun movies. I got to admit, all of them are good, especially the last one. Yes, and you can stare at Anna Nicole Smith half the time. Yes, man. Yeah, boy, oh boy. Don't 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 think about how she was when she passed. Don't think about all of the uh, the chaos and drama of her life. Think about her at the time when she was in that movie. Yeah. My God. My God. Exactly, and that was a real. I love that fucking movie. Hey, what about uh Priscilla Presley's Beaver? <laughs> Did this Priscilla Presley's first movie, I believe, and she was legal in this one, folks. Legal, very <laughs> legal in these movies, but she still looked great in that first one. Um, OJ, mm-hmm. OJ was in those movies. Sure was Nordberg. I think he even wore gloves in one scene. Oh shit! I think he did. He did yeah. when he was getting on the boat. <laughs> now, uh, <laughs> now, I mean, like, now, now, <laughs> considering, um, you know, he played pretty, you know, cr- uh, crucial character in those movies. Do you think it taints the legacy somewhat that he's involved with it? No, nope. not for me. 
Not for me. Leslie Nielsen was the star of those movies. He was just a supporting yeah. role. Uh, yeah. Him and Priscilla Presley. I never knew she could be so funny, and she had the same kind of dry humor he did. Um, yeah. But, yeah, dude, that those Naked Gun movies are all fucking great. Yeah, they started going down on that third one, which is why I'm glad they didn't make another one. Yeah. But I still um, think that I still enjoyed the third one too. I did too. But I mean, this this, this all came off of a, a a show called the Police yeah, the Police Squad. Police Squad, yeah, which was a comedy. It was mm-hmm. a short run. I think it. Mm-hmm. I think it had a one short season. I believe. Yeah, I believe you're right. Didn't last very long, but uh, but it was funny as hell. Same type of humor. They got three movies out of it. <laughs> yeah. 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 So anybody who has seen the movies or maybe, you know, maybe if you haven't seen the movies, definitely check out the movies. If you have seen the movies, look online. I'm pretty sure you can probably find episodes of Police Squad. Just binge it all, man. Just just give yourself a day just to laugh your ass off. Oh, yeah. 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 Those Naked Gun movies. Um, all right, Anthony, you picked it. You haven't really said much. So go ahead. Why did you why? Why the Naked Gun movies? Well, I'm a comedy buff, number one. And number two, it, it's just like it just takes me back to a simpler time in my life where you could watch a movie, enjoy it, and be done with it. You didn't have to worry about social media. You didn't have to worry about people getting offended, this, that, and the third. Because I'm pretty sure, like, if you were to, if Naked Gun were to come out today in its original form, people will find some shit about that to pick apart. Even the even the famous beaver scene from the first movie. Oh yeah, they will they they will find a way to paint that as misogynistic towards women. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, that first, would be a problem. Yeah, and I mean, you made that movie today. OJ would let be be in it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's obvious. Uh, OJ, I mean, who 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 are you gonna get? Who who else would you get to play that role? That's uh, there really isn't anybody. Oh, shout out to B Mags in the chat. OJ can still watch these movies and remember the good times. That's awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, some more trivia too. Uh, speaking of OJ, his character in the movie was called Nordberg. That was his name. And if anybody's wondering why uh, or how <laughs> OJ Simpson would end up with the name Nordberg, uh, that character came directly from the TV show Police Squad, but he was played by a different actor, right. a Caucasian actor. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, he was, uh, you know, uh, another one of the bumbling fools. Basically, that whole movie was a bunch of idiot savant police that just were a bunch of bumbling idiots. But yeah. fucking Leslie Nielsen, though, is really underrated as a comedy guy. Um, I mean, Jesus, a, a Spy Hard. Did you ever see that one? Yes. That's yes. hilarious. Repossessed. Repos- oh, that's one of my favorites is Repossessed. Yeah. One of my favorites, man. Is that movie? Um, Spy Hard is great just because you know you got fucking Weird Al in singing the song. You got Hogan who shows up in that movie. Um, Jesus Christ, Andy, uh, Jesus Mayberry. Okay, Andy Griffin. Andy, Andy Griffin yeah. is in that goddamn movie as the as the bad guy. <laughs> so <was> a twist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean Leslie Nielsen was a was a very strange actor, but his comedy roles will always sit have a nice little place in my heart. Yeah, yeah definitely. Sure. All right, so we ready for mine? Yes, sir. All right, my number eleven is 1993's Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to pick this one too. So we're going to uh... uh, talk about a movie that takes you, just like Anthony said, takes you back to a simpler, better time in my life. A uh, year before I graduated high school, this was, I mean, people were talking like this guy. Let's let's be honest about it. People were literally talking like Jim Carrey for a very long time in that movie. Um, but that movie was fucking amazing, number one. Number two, that movie took place right in Florida, so it was huge in Florida. All that movie took place right in Miami. Um, so it was a big movie in Florida. Actually, one of my friends is in the scene when they kick the field goal right at the end of the movie, the, the, when the dolphin kicks the field goal, my friend Jeff is in the back in the crowd there. Nice. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's another reason, but, uh, yeah. And, and this was an early movie for Jim Carrey. His first big movie, yeah. Yeah, talk about jump-starting a fucking career for a guy. Um, definitely, though, this is one of those uh, another close-to-my-heart movie because, you know, just like I said, simpler time brings you back. This is another one, though, that would probably get a fucking R rating nowadays, you know? Oh, no, transphobic. He be, Jim Carrey be, he be, be accused of being a transphobe. Oh, that's right, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, backlash that's coming out now about the movie, right? Oh. There's, there's, yeah, they're they're going back and saying all kinds of shit is fucked up and evil and wrong about that movie. Like now, they're attacking it now. <sighs> they got to stop this shit. It's got to stop, dude. Stop ruining greatness. This movie is greatness, and you know I'm surprised because you know Jim Carrey's a really way left liberal. Uh, yeah, but you know they love going after their own for some reason. Um, but yeah, you want to know the weird thing though? This role was actually written for Rick Moranis. Oh shit! <laughs> now interesting. Now yeah, it, I don't well, would have been awful in my opinion. Uh, Nothing against Rick yeah. Moranis because I like him, but I, it wouldn't have worked. No, I don't think it would have worked at all. I think this was a great Marino, all a, a great movie, and also Dan Marino was in this movie again. The Florida, I lived in Florida during this movie, so this movie had a lot of Florida ties to it. And I'm not gonna lie, I think I fucking watched this movie every fucking night for like three weeks when it finally came out on VHS. And uh, I love how Jim Carrey does the uh, reverse Samuel L. Jackson. Because uh, you know how like when Samuel L. Jackson first came on the scene, he was Sam Jackson. Mm. Then once he started getting in big roles, he became Samuel. <laughs> Jim started out as James Carey. Yep. Then he yeah. went to Jim. So he went from formal to informal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Doing crazy comedy roles anyway. So, But um, but jokes aside, what I like about Jim Carey, at least during this time period, he was he was like to me the first of his kind in terms of his roles. You never saw comedy like a Jim Carrey comedy. He just had like his own unique style. You like you couldn't look at Jim Carrey's style and say, "Oh, he's biting off of this person, biting mm-hmm. off of that person." He really, you know what? in my opinion, he had influences though. Uh, you could see you could see some Steve Martin in his influences. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And Steve Martin did a lot of the wacky type of of comedy. Jim Carrey just did it bigger. Just turned it up to. 50 instead of what Steve Martin had. But uh, now, if you look at the character in this movie, and Jim Carrey's even said it, 
he's a bird. (laughs) From the hair to the walk, he's a bird. That's literally what the that's literally what he based this character off of was a bird. And if you think about it, you watch the movie back, he is. The way he walks, he moves his head, he pops his head, and he looks like a fucking bird. So that's it. And you know the, the another you know thing for Jim Carrey that got a another one out of it. This only had two, right? No, this had three. Two or three. Ace Ventura's. Uh, was two. two. There was only two. And a spinoff, sort of. I know they did a they did a cartoon. They did a cartoon, but there was a movie that he wasn't even in. What was it? Uh, Ace Ventura Junior or something like that. Oh, that's right. They did do something like that. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad I missed that one. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, like, I don't think it was in. I think it was like straight to DVD or something. I don't think it was in theaters at all. Straight to Redbox. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They did the same shit with a Christmas Story. Yeah, they made I, some all shoot sequel. Fuck that! <laughs> like some no, movies don't need sequels. They made a yeah. a summer story is what they made, and it's god. Oh, that's awful. what it was called. Oh. I've seen it. <laughs> they they did make a Christmas story too, and it was awful. And then they made another one called a summer story, which was awful too. There, you just can't recreate greatness, dude. You just yeah. can't fucking do it. You just can't yeah, some, do it. Some things just need to be left alone, just mm. to, just to exist in its own universe. Yeah, because they did the same thing with the movie Mask with Jim Carrey, and they made Son of Mask. Mm, they did. They did, and uh, trust me, it's not worth watching. Uh, I've, Since I've, you mentioned Mask, um, one interesting thing that a uh, bit of trivia that I guess I can mention, and uh. I'll shout these guys out right now um, since we're talking about it. Uh, you know, everybody knows I'm part of another podcast called uh, Saturday Morning Cartoons. There was a cartoon for The Mask, and there was also a cartoon for Ace Ventura. And there was at least one crossover episode with those two cartoons. So you could actually see The Mask interacting with Ace Ventura in cartoon form. Once again, Jim Carrey playing with himself. <laughs> that's all we're gonna that's right b meg says jamie Car- jamie kennedy is in son of mask he is and it is awful 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 uh that movie there's another one that's not on there that should be on there mask should be on there that was a great fucking yeah. movie i guess they didn't want to over jim carry it but i mean they could have put every jim carry movie on there let's face it liar liar how fucking great is that movie yeah uh, Jesus. Once bitten? Cable guy. I love cable guy. Cable guy. <laughs> that movie right there. We need, we definitely need to get on that movie. Yeah. That movie deserves more love than it gets. It does. It does. And a lot of people thought that was just a bad movie. And I, I loved it. I loved the character. I don't know if people thought it was bad because he died at the end or what, but I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was a great fucking movie. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that fucking anything with Jim Carrey just always turned out with fucking gold and made tons of money. He was the first, I believe he was the first $20 million a movie guy. So maybe, oh, and he was a perfect Riddler in, uh, whichever Batman movie that was. And I believe that, I believe when he played the Riddler, they originally wanted to give that role to none other than Robin Williams. Oh man, 
He would Robin Williams would have made a damn good Riddler, but uh, yeah, yeah no man, pun, Jim Carrey did it right. Yeah, no pun intended. Williams would have killed that role. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you bastard! I didn't. I would have. Uh, oh. <laughs> we will not speak ill of the great Robin Williams. <laughs> no, no, I'm, hey, he, he's on my list. He's up here. He's up here. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. So Ace Ventura was my number 11. So Anthony, go for it. Uh, Happy Gilmore is my next one. Okay. Happy fucking Gilmore. I mean, you need to just lump Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, Airheads, Adam Sandler to me. Probably second to John, uh, Jim uh, Carrey dominated the '90s in terms of comedy. Would you guys agree with that? He, he was a powerhouse straight out of Saturday Night Live. I don't care what anybody. I mean, Waterboy, fucking uh, Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, Big Daddy. I'm, that was more of a uh, dramedy, as I like to say, because they had more drama and comedy in it. But even still, I love them all. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, shit, man, it's, it's it's funny how many of these movies we can we can say this about, but not even just his movies, but the character types that he that he played in his movies are being attacked today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, people are saying that that he's he's too aggressive. You know, I'm saying people. A lot of women are saying that his role he's too aggressive. Uh, too intimidating. What's the what's the exact? I, you guys have heard this, right? I have. I yeah, yeah. I think aggressive is right. He's sexist and very yeah. he's angry. Snaps at women and everybody, and he's just yeah. I've heard it too. It, come on, once again, stop ruining shit. Like stop ruining crazy fucking movies, especially yeah. great classics like this. Now, real quick, there is a brand new podcast. I have nothing to do with this. I actually just found it the other day called the Billy Gilmore podcast. It's brand <laughs> okay. it's new. It's a new podcast and they are going to literally go through his entire filmography. Nice. So I found it on Facebook, Billy Gilmore podcast. I haven't really listened to it yet, but I think it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm going to I need to check it out. I just literally I found it yesterday. But this just reminded cool. me of it. <laughs> That should be fun. That should be. A I might check one. that out. Yeah, I probably will too. But god damn, dude, those Happy Gilmore was great. By the way, Carl Weathers in that movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't Fuck forget that. We got Bob Barker and Bob Barker. <laughs> yo, the incomparable Bob. Come on, man. To this day, man, one of the funniest scenes ever captured on film. <laughs> Fucking Bob Barker beating the shit out of Adam Sandler. <laughs> he whooped <laughs> he his ass handily. <laughs> yeah. Bob a former boxer, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Bob Barker, former boxer. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But uh, listen, Adam Sandler, and I mean, we were talking about, you know, earlier in the chat, we were talking about him too because of uh, the Chris Farley thing. But Adam Sandler is such a. Look, his style of comedy, yes, he is aggressive, the screaming, the yelling. But let's face the it, the baby talk, the baby talk. But he's made millions doing all this. There's no reason yeah. to fucking start picking on him now. Number two, I love Adam Sandler just because of the way he uses a lot of the same people in his movies. Mm-hmm. They're loyal, just like Anthony said. Yep. Or 
Yeah. Yep, Very man. loyal. And yeah. he Rob, likes- Rob Schneider works to this day because of fucking yep. Adam Sandler. Yep. Yeah. And I'll uh, I'll go ahead and say I like the fact that he uses wrestlers in a lot of his movies too. It was a big wrestling fan, so right. Pretty cool <laughs> to see some of his movies with some of those wrestlers in it. So great, great shit. Happy Gilmore is just fucking a, a hilarious fucking movie though. Um, who's that? Mark uh, Mike McDonald? Mark McDonald? What's that guy's name that plays Shooter? Norm. No, no, no. no. no the guy who plays Shooter McGavin. Oh, um, damn it! I'll, I'll look it up real quick. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. I was just talking to my cousin about about him a couple of weeks ago. He said, "Man, I just saw a movie with Shooter McGavin in it." He said, "I feel bad for that guy because I know he has a name and I know he's done other movies, but no matter what he's in, he's always just going to be Shooter McGavin." Yeah, Chris McDonald, Christopher McDonald. I knew it was McDonald. I just didn't know the first name. Christopher McDonald, yeah, he's been in a ton of movies, but this role is probably his best fucking role in the yeah. world, dude. <laughs> the birth of the line, I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. <laughs> you eat pieces of shit for breakfast? <laughs> uh, that's the origin of that line. Yeah. And it made it, it, made, it made its way into a Kanye West song. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> So over under, how long before they start uh, attacking uh, Waterboy for being socially insensitive to uh, the uh, mentally handicapped? Oh, don't even say it. Don't even give them an idea, dude. <laughs> It'll get there. They're already attacking Sandler. They're they're just coming after him as a whole. So I guess that uh, I guess that covers his entire library. Jesus Christ! Leave the fucking guy alone. Is, is is he even like active on social media? Or I, I don't ever hear anything like that from him because I know he's he's a pretty low key guy. He stays out of trouble. He doesn't really make waves anywhere. So I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, he was one of the first guys to get a huge multi movie, multi million dollar Netflix deal. I know that. So good for him. And, it, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean. I do think it, it's kind of weird that he's like still playing like the same type of roles and he's damn near 50, but to his credit, he knows his audience and he, yeah. it, 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 there's something to be said for giving the people what they want. I mean, he has dabbled in dramatic movies before mm-hmm. here and there, but for the most part, he sticks to uh, the baby talk, the aggressiveness, yeah. the yelling, and you know, that's, that's what people want. I think that's what people don't get. Like the, the critics of his uh, acting and comedic style. I think what they don't get is that his characters act in extremes. Mm-hmm. You know, he's either really like he goes from a really soft-spoken little whispery baby voice to yelling at yelling in your face like seamlessly, like zero to hundred and twenty. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like that's the that's the joke. That's what they don't seem to get. Yeah. It. It's just him, and I agree with Anthony. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. The guy has been doing this for a long fucking time. It's made him billions, probably, of dollars in the long run. So why should he change? And you know what? You go to a movie like Fifty First Dates where he didn't do the baby talk. He wasn't very aggressive. He was more of a, you know, fun kind of kind of guy in that movie, not not the regular one. And he was fine in that movie. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, working with Drew Barrymore, lucky motherfucker. Yeah, true. Yeah. But uh, yeah, listen, he let, let's face it, Sandler's got to work with some hot fucking women, dude. 
<laughs> hot fucking women. Uh, and his wife has a little part in a lot of his movies, too. I don't know if anyone knows that, but no, she shows that. up in a lot of the movies in Grown Up. She's the cook that gets hit in the head. <laughs> okay. In um, That's My Boy, she's the masseuse that he's hitting on. <laughs> okay. Uh, she's somewhere in Billy Madison. I can't remember where, but she's in a lot of, a lot of his movies. Or not Billy, Happy Gilmore. I don't remember where, but she's in it. Um, but yeah, dude, th- th- that guy, I mean, he's got with Winona, uh, Winona Ryder, he's got to do shit with, and I got a weird little thing. Nice. She's just hot. Yeah. She just looks like she'd be dirty. <laughs> I mean, and, 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 and in a good way, dirty, the good kind of dirty, the nice dirty, the, the, yeah, that's my dirty girl, dirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Uh. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, like I said, it's made at Sandler billions of dollars, so don't even bother. And like I said, the right. guy's gotten to do tons of movies with tons of fucking hot women, and he uses his friends in these movies, which there's no problem with that. And it's good to see the same guys in the same type of movies with him. It just kind of reminds you of what kind of guy he is. I mean, you see those two... Those two guys are in almost every fucking movie somewhere of his. Jesus Christ, hold on a minute. Let me look up uh, Grandma's Boy real quick because I know you're talking about Dante and uh, Yep and uh, shit. What the fuck is the other guy? There are a couple of those guys. Yeah, but these two are in almost every single Sandler movie. If you look for them, at least one of them is in there. Dante is definitely. I think Dante is in every single one of them. That's what he's billed as. Dante. He doesn't have a last name. It's just Dante. Right. And the other guy was the guy from Grandma's Boy. I don't need to look him up. The guy from Grandma's Boy, the main character in that movie. Yeah. I can't uh, remember his name either. Yeah. And he's constantly. Look, Sandler's constantly doing shit. He's got this huge Netflix deal. Give the guy some fucking credit. Leave him alone already. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, we don't know him personally, but I mean, we like him. We're fans of him. He, he seems to he he's done a lot of good for a lot of people. So, mm-hmm. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Got his start on uh, the Cosby Show as Theo, one of Theo's friends in high school. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, and I, I should have mentioned also when we were talking about Jim Carrey before, he kind of got his start on Family Ties as uh, Mallory's uh, one of Mallory's boyfriends. Boyfriends. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, all right. I guess we can go to my number 10, right? Yes, sir. Enough about Sandler. We're going to have to do a whole Sandler episode because we can never yeah. do all of the fucking movies. Uh, my number 10, another old listen. I went a lot of these movies. I'm going to tell you right now. There's not many newer movies on here. Uh, Caddyshack. <laughs> okay. Caddyshack okay. Is, is, is my next one on this list from 1980. Uh, the original Caddyshack. I do like the second Caddyshack, but not as much as the first one. You got Chevy yeah. Chase. You got Dangerfield. You got Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, so much greatness in one movie. And it was a funny fucking movie. And I'll tell you what, this this was the first movie I saw titties in. <laughs> Can't be mad at that. Caddyshack was my first movie I ever saw titties in. Um, so just again, another movie that, like I said, a lot of the movies on my have, or I, I have on here, are much older just because, 
you know, of when I grew up and what movies sort of just kind of, you know, stick with me. Movies yeah. I will watch anytime I see them on television. I don't care if it's got commercials. I don't care if it's edited, but almost every movie movie I picked was one that I will stop and watch anytime, anywhere. Yeah, I mean they're they're classics for a reason, you know. The the classic movies were classic comedies were made during that time, and Caddyshack is one that kind of spawned and inspired a lot of ripoffs of its type that didn't that weren't weren't as successful. I would even. Even though I enjoyed the sequel, I would even say that the sequel was really kind of just a ripoff of the first one. It was, and it was kind of a joke. You had Jackie Mason trying to play yeah. the, the, the danger field role, and it really didn't yeah. work. Uh, yep, Dan Aykroyd playing, basically playing uh, Bill Murray. Bill Murray's role. Yeah. 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 You can't, you can't out Bill Murray, Bill Murray. <laughs> no, no, especially. I mean, if you're, if, if you're going to replace, sorry, Boxman, but if, if you're going to replace. A uh, original, not ready for primetime player. Then I guess the appropriate move would be to replace him with another original, not ready for primetime player. But it just, it, it, I don't know. It seemed kind of dirty, you know, not in not in a Winona Ryder way type of way. It just right, it's, you know, it just seemed a little off. Like uh, just, I get what they're doing, and he played it well, but it's not supposed to. Yeah, and Jesus Christ, who's fucking cooking back there? Um, and and you got to remember. Bill Murray, you, you got to remember that whole scene where he's taking the golf club and talking to himself and hitting the flowers. Uh-huh. All improv. <laughs> that scene wasn't even supposed to be in the movie. It wasn't even scripted. He just sat there fucking around and they filmed it and said, we're putting that motherfucker in the movie. And they did. That's how great a Bill Murray is. Dan Aykroyd, I'm not saying he's not great he is i love dan Aykroyd. he is a great fucking actor a great fucking comic but he's not bill murray yeah that's we talked about it in scrooged that there was an entire monologue Mm -hmm. that bill murray ad-libbed yeah the whole ending during the during Mm -hmm. the song was all ad-libbed there a lot of that movie he just rolled with uh just what a i mean like i said again not taking anything away from dan Aykroyd. i could name you probably five great Dan Aykroyd movies. One of them's on my list. It's good. It's actually coming up very soon, but he's just not Bill Murray. Yeah. You know, Bill Murray just has a presence about him. Just, I don't know. Great. Like almost like a, I don't, I don't mean to you know, lick the guy's balls, but almost like a godlike presence when Bill Murray is on screen. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I know it sounds weird, but that's kind of what it's like. He's got this godlike fucking presence when he's up there. But yeah, Caddyshack, just like I said, first movie I ever saw some titties in. Uh, excellent, excellent, excellent fucking movie. Chevy Chase at his absolute prime. Yeah. Chevy Chase. Yeah. And Dangerfield at his absolute fucking prime. This was sort of a comeback for him, this movie. Sort of. So yeah, Ted Knight too. Very underrated in this movie. <laughs> I love Ted Knight's character. He, we we got we got one. He's in this one too. I think this calls for the old Billy Baru. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, yeah, I got an old soul, man. I've always been a fan of Ted Knight. <laughs> Same here, man. 
Always. Yeah. Uh, what, Mary Tyler Moore. What, yep. Too close for comfort. You too know, close it, for comfort. Right. Just something about his um, acting style. I just. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I. I. Ted Knight was great, man. But Ronnie Dangerfield. I, we're gonna have to do a, a Dangerfield episode. Um, so much greatness you could say about this guy, and you got to remember, there's a guy who was failed in comedy. Mm-hmm. took 10 years off to sell aluminum siding and then he came back with this character that we all know we all love will forever in my opinion be loved i don't know why this guy doesn't get more love but he should um and he just he made it work and we got a lot of great shit out of this guy we got easy money uh back to school oh my yeah. god i love yeah. back, back to, school. to school was fucking great yes ladybugs too Ladybugs, yeah. yeah. Well, the first two should probably be on this list, but you know they're probably offensive movies. So, but uh, yeah, Caddyshack can't say any any more good about that movie. B Megs in the chat is saying he's never ke- seen Caddyshack. Get the fuck out of here, then. Man. What the fuck? Are you? <laughs> uh, how, I don't know if it's on Netflix, but uh, if you need me to, I'll uh, I'll hook you up with the copy, bro. <laughs> yeah, you can you can find it. <laughs> Shoot me your email if you need one, man. I'll get it to you. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, Caddyshack, just like I said, another absolute. You know, especially in 1980, this was really filled with really high impact stars from that from from this area. You know, from yeah, that from yeah. that year, it was I fairly star studded. Yeah, star studded for that for that year. I mean. Chevy Chase being in any movie back then was going to make a fucking killing. Chevy Chase was kind of the Adam Sandler of the 80s, if you will. Anything he touched just turned to fucking money. You know what I mean? And uh, and then we all kind of found out he's a dick. So <laughs> Yeah. And he flamed out. So, yeah, by the mid-80s, it was kind of like downhill. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. I mean, I know he's done a few little, you know, stints on television, but, uh, eh, whatever. Well, on Saturday Night Live, originally, um, he was, Lauren Michaels kind of thought that Chevy Chase was going to be positioned as the guy. Right. You know, like he was sort of, as as funny as it is to think about it now and to look back, Chevy Chase was kind of seen as like almost a heartthrob, you know. Um, I, I mean, obviously this was before my time. I was a very small child at the time, right? but I guess young girls were into him and like, he was the pretty boy and they really tried to position him as that. Um, and he was funny, you know, you can't, you can't say that Chevy Chase wasn't funny and he, that he wasn't good at what he did, but those original, not ready for primetime players, so many of them stood out. It was kind of, it was kind of unfair to kind of prop Chevy Chase up to be that one guy. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And if you really look at it, the the uh, so many of the rest of them rose to you know greater heights than he did. Bill Murray, mm-hmm. uh, who actually wasn't part of that first cast, he came around like you know I think like the second season. But Dan Aykroyd became a bigger star. Uh, fuck, dude, John Belushi was just uh, you know just out of control. You know, like all of those guys were. So fucking talented. It was kind of they, they couldn't be contained. You couldn't mm. hold them back and say, "Yeah, let's let Chevy do his thing." Right. So right, and you know, to that point, even in this movie, they kind of made him out to be a ladies' man. You know, the the young little Chippy couldn't uh, couldn't wait to 
take her clothes off and <laughs> let him oil her up. And uh, yeah. I don't know, man. He, I mean, funny used to be a way to get girls. Now it's I don't know. I don't, I don't think you're allowed to be funny anymore. Uh, are you? I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm old. I don't know. You know, saying that law get you a rape charge. Yeah, there you go. It's hard to not. It's hard to not be offensive because you know, you just you just don't know. No know. matter what you do, I say it all the time. No matter what you do and say, you're going to offend somebody. Yeah, you just got to put it in Google and make sure you're being all right with it. But uh, yeah. on that note, Caddyshack, uh, believe it or not, we've got I, I've I've got more Chevy Chase coming up for you guys. But uh, <laughs> go ahead, Anthony, with yours. I, th- I think we're done on that one, right, Caddyshack? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Anthony. All right, my pick to me personifies what it was like to be a teenager in the 1990s. I'm going with American Pie. All right, all right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. to me, yeah, to me, bro, it kind of resurrected the uh, t- the teen genres, the teen movies from the 80s, mm-hmm. and it kind of like put a 90s spin on it. What do you guys yeah. think of it? The original one. Yeah, it spoke to the generation. It absolutely spoke to the generation. Um, it was almost uh, it was almost the Porkies of its day. Right, right, it, it, exactly. It, it, it took that that Animal House, that Porkies, that mm-hmm. those sort of coming of age comedies, and yes. it, it, it did. It, it did put a '90s spin on. I mean, what was that? Ninety ninety nine, I think ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yeah, that that's on my uh, throwaway list. My throwaway list is getting smaller. But uh, yeah, I mean that was another movie. Even in even me at that age, that was a really fucking good movie, a funny fucking movie, and one I'll remember forever, dude. That the, I mean, Shannon Elizabeth. We kind of got introduced oh. to her in that movie. And, oh, yes, and Christ, her first movie. She's fucking taking her clothes off. I mean, that tremendous. Girl, believe it or not, she's a poker player now. Nice. She plays perfect. She she's she plays poker too. Uh, what is it about women who play poker to just do it for me? I don't know, dude. Jennifer Tilly plays poker with her tits hanging oh, out. Jennifer oh my Tilly. god, she sits there with her tits <sighs> hanging out and her high. <laughs> okay, Bobby. Yeah. Dude, no, man. I oh, that second. voice, Bobby. <laughs> are you are are you a fan of the high squeaky like Jennifer Tilly? Um, what's her name? Yeah. Joey Lauren Adams squeaky voice. Joey Lauren Adams. Yes. With Zellweger, <laughs> Renee Zellweger squeaky. Mm-hmm. I love those squeaky little voices too. But... I'm actually I'm actually with you, Bobby, because as far as uh, Jennifer Tilly goes, you saw her in The Getaway, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> her yeah. one of her hottest movies is an old 1980s movie called Moving Violations. Mm. I'll bet I'm the only one here that's seen it. I feel like I heard of it but I know I haven't seen it. Oh, um, it's an it old, was like mid 80s. I've seen it but I have very little memory of it. I think it might be early 80s here. I'll look it up for you real quick. I think Styles is in that movie. Holy shit. Jesus, she been around that long though? Yeah, yeah, oh, she's yeah. yeah, she's uh she's older than you would think, but man, I've always had a thing for Jennifer Tilly, and I still yeah. do. She dates Phil Locke, the the, the poker player. She so, but yeah, dude, she's been her up. Oh, actually, there's a picture of her right there. She was kind of nerdy in Moving Violations, but uh, let's see. No, oh, you're right, kind of mid, right, right in the middle. I, I said low, you guys said late, mid eighties, nineteen eighty five, or did you say mid eighties, Anthony? I said mid eighties. You were very right then. I'm sorry, I mis- misunderstood you. So yeah, 1985 movie. Um, let's see, John Murray is that the guy who played Styles? Let me see. 
Let me Google him. He was he was no, it was this was the guy in uh this was uh Bill Murray's brother in Scrooged. Okay, okay, yeah, that's his actual brother. His yeah. actual brother. That's right. I'm sitting here going, John Murray, where have I heard that name? It's Bill Murray's brother is in this goddamn movie. Uh from nineteen eighty five. Check that one out too. I'm, I'm I might have to force you to watch that one and do a show on it, but it's a really, <laughs> really funny fucking movie. And John uh John Murray is just a fuck up throughout the whole movie, but uh <laughs> He gets with Jennifer Tilly, and she's so hot in that movie. Oh. I, how do we get on Jennifer Tilly? I don't know. Squeaky voice and all. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. I would love to be on Jennifer Tilly. Mm, trust me, dude. She still looks good. I know she does. A little heavier, a <laughs> little heavier, but definitely heavy and some good, good, good. I'm good sure spots. she wears it well. Yeah. Remember, Kevin Smith hit it first. <laughs> Well, that no, that's Joey Lauren that's Adams. That's Joey Lauren Adams. Wrong, oh. wrong squeaky voice. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. I can see how you would get them mixed up. And there's like three or four of them that are all like basically the same person. Dude, yeah, I would they do because they look so. Yeah, you're right. They look similar, though, and officially. I'm sorry. Yeah. Dude, if I got a chance at Joey Lauren Adams, I wouldn't care. I'd say I wouldn't care if Kevin was watching. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would scream like his it. name for him if he wanted me to. I wouldn't give a fuck. <laughs> and we get to see her tits and mall rats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's definitely, but yeah, Jenna Tilly and even like even Renee Zellweger. I, I find her pretty hot too. I know she's got that little, like, <laughs> like, uh, like Jim Carrey said, squished up, just sucked on a lemon face, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the most brutal, truthful line in the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun. All right, what what uh what movie were we on there? Uh, American Pie. American Pie. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we did get sidetracked, man. That's we what got happens. sidetracked. When you mentioned was... Jennifer Tilly to me. I I know, man. I had to start hitting my bowl to calm down. <laughs> now the brain's going a little bit, but uh, yeah, the the American Pies will go down. I mean, I know they're getting a little shit right now. I believe we even talked about that in uh in a, in a show a couple mm. of months ago. A lot of straight to DVDs. Yeah, after that first and second, you know, the second one was good, but this is another franchise they just ran into the fucking ground, dude. You know, yeah. you go back to some of those old, like the, uh, like the, all right, the Porkies, the Revenge of the Nerds. Even the Revenge of the Nerds started getting bad, and when they did, they just shut it the fuck down. Porkies yeah. had what two? Porky's and Porky's Revenge, right? I believe so, yeah. yeah. Actually, it was three. In that oh, series. it was three. Was it three? Go, go, Anthony. So, but I mean, American Pie just went way out of control. I think, you know, this was a low budget movie. This was their, uh, those two guys' first movie they ever did. And I think they just got a little too much money, a little too fast, because this was. American Pie was not a small fucking movie. It was a giant fucking movie back then. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they just um, wanted to ride their own coattails, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and I can't say that I wouldn't have done the same thing. You know, to be fair, I can't say that I wouldn't have done the same thing. I probably would have tried to squeeze squeeze everything out of that that I possibly could. Yeah, but at some point, you just got to look up and go, dude, I think the fucking door is closed bro i really i mean how many times can we fucking you know 
how many times can we fucking hand everybody the same fucking check? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like that's easy for us to say, looking back and watching and seeing the decline of, of the movies. But at the time when they felt like there was still money to make, I think, you know, I mean, and there were fewer and fewer stars in the movie. I think the only person who's been in every single one of the movies was Eugene Levy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> he had no problems cashing in checks. <laughs> I, I, I hate to be mean. I actually like Eugene Levy. One of my favorite movies with him in it is Splash. But <laughs> yeah. what else does he have to do? Yeah. I mean, have you seen him in anything else besides American Pie since those movies came out? Not that I I know he had a very short-lived uh, sitcom on Fox that was canceled in the first season with uh, uh, what the fuck's his name? The little short dude. What the fuck is his name? Oh, that narrows it down. Seth Seth Green. Oh, okay, okay, that short dude, short red-haired dude. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, Greg the Bunny, I think, is what it was called. It was not great. <laughs> it was, it was not that was probably a, that was probably a Seth Green idea because oh, it might have been Seth Green does a lot of those weird type of the weird shit. Well, yeah. I mean, Robot Chicken is Seth Green, right? Yeah, that's all him. Yep. Exactly. So it was probably hey, you know, not everything, not all the shit's gonna stick on the wall. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But uh, I think yeah, I think the sad thing is a lot of those people got typecast. I mean, like. Jason Bigman, he's always going to be the pie fucker. Uh, Sean William Scott, he's always going to be Stifler. I don't care. I mean, he's been doing some dramatic roles recently, but anytime you see that dude pop up on camera, you always going to think Steve Stifler. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's one of the he's one of those dudes. Like, um, I mean, we all know his name. He's been in a ton of shit, playing a bunch of different types of characters. Mm-hmm. But the first name that comes to mind when we see him is Stifler. Yeah, and, um, but I mean, Eugene Levy, I mean, he hasn't even shown up on an episode of Law & Order SVU. If you haven't been on an episode, <laughs> I mean, they dig up everybody for this shit. If you haven't been at least on SVU, you're not, you're really low on the fucking Right, Goldberg bowl. was on an episode of SVU. <laughs> early episode of it, early when that show was fucking smoking hot, yeah. <laughs> Goldberg was on the mother. If you haven't been in any, if you haven't been in any Law & Orders, I believe you, you're, you're, you're fucking just way fucking... Low on the fucking totem pole. Way low. Way low. Why is BMAC bringing up Matthew Lillard? What does Shaggy have to do with this? Zoinks. Although Matthew Lillard, best movie. I'll tell you what it is right now. Shocker. That was Shocker. Him, right? Was that Matthew Lillard? Oh, shit. I might have fucked. That might have been the other guy that looks like him. Shocker. That's the movie with the... Uh... The guy that like kind of—it's kind of a fantasy sci-fi. He guy gets out of prison. He can shock okay. people. And, yeah, yeah, and his soul jumps in other people's body, and they yeah. have to swim. But I know one Dude, great. The funniest part of that movie to me was when his soul jumped into that little girl's body, and she started running and dragging her one dragging leg. Dragging her leg. <laughs> well, because he had a busted up leg, he dragged his leg. That was a good gr- dude. That movie. Oh man, we're gonna have to just sit there. Make fun of that movie one night. But, I mean, you you got to join us to make fun of that movie. I might just have to do that because I love that movie, but it needs make making fun of. And you know what? If that wasn't Matthew Lillard, Ghost uh, Thirteen Ghosts, love that movie too. And I'm not a huge mm. horror fan, but I like that movie. So if you haven't seen that, check that one out too. Um, but yeah, dude, like uh, trust me, man. If you, if you haven't been on any of the Law and Order, you're 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 fucked as an actor. Just, just 
Just get whatever <laughs> check you can get, brother. Keep getting those checks, bro. <laughs> oh, you know what? You know what else? Uh, you know what else we have to thank American Pie for? Mm-hmm. Milf. 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 I don't know if that term came from American Pie, but it definitely uh, catapulted it into uh, into the, the regular uh, English speaking lexicon. Yes, and it did label that lady Stifler's mom for life. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and she damn, she was hot. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, She's I forget her name, but she's known as one of the like Uh, world's greatest butterface butterfaces. (laughs) Jennifer Coolidge, I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, All right, want to go to my next one, or are we are we we good with American Pie? Yeah, we're good. All right, let's go to my next one. I said I had another Bill Murray coming up, and I do. Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. Ghostbusters. Absolutely. And I am talking the 1984, the original Ghostbusters, uh, Dan Aykroyd, um, Harold Ramis, Ramis, Bill Murray, and um, Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson. Thank you. I'm shaking on E, E, E. I love Ernie Hudson, by the way. Um, Yeah. All four of those guys. That first one. You want to talk about a movie that just... I'm not going to say they invented marketing because they didn't, but you want to talk about a movie that was just a marketing juggernaut. This movie was it. I mean, think back to Spaceballs when Mel Brooks was making fun. We got Spaceballs, (laughs) the sheet, Spaceballs, the soap, Spaceballs. Ghostbusters literally had that. Everything you can mention had the Ghostbusters thing. Slimer was on everything back then, mm-hmm. and Ghostbusters was just a huge movie. All four of those guys were power actors in 1984. So to see them all in a movie together was just amazing. Uh, Sigourney Weaver was a mm-hmm. big deal back then. Somehow she was a sex symbol. I'm still not sure how. <laughs> I st- you ain't like her jawline. I, <laughs> you're, like, you're like a rugged jawline. She literally, you know, people say women are mousy. She literally looked like a mouse, dude. I, I She has a great <laughs> body, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But yeah. I don't, never thought she was hot. I thought fucking Gozer in that movie was hotter than Sigourney. <laughs> you know who I kind of had a thing for, though, back in the day was Annie Potts, though. Annie Potts, dude. Ah. Yeah, I thought Annie Potts was a cutie. Always thought she was hot, especially back in the Designing Women days. Hot, yeah. hot, hot. Uh, and, of course, Rick Moranis, who, I don't know, he's another guy that I, I just, I, I love Rick Moranis. And knowing he's such Absolutely. a great guy is even better. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I had to put Ghostbusters on there. Again, I'm taking movies that sort of stuck with me in my childhood, which I didn't know how else to do this list, but do it that way. Yeah. So. And I love that. Uh, I love that Slimer was an homage to uh, John Belushi. I love that. Really? Yeah. I, oh, you didn't know that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they put, they put Slimer in there because the original idea of the movie was it was just going to be Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi. It was just going to be the two of them. But Belushi passed, you know, before the movie was before they finished writing the movie. Um, Harold Ramis came in, started, you know, putting ideas together, 
and they just they still wanted to somehow honor Belushi, and he would have absolutely loved it. Slimer was basically Belushi from he was basically Bluto from Animal House. Wow. All right, I I, I can I can see the resemblance. Um, yeah. <laughs> but this is another movie though that was completely almost every scene that these guys did was not as scripted. They just rolled yeah. with it, especially Bill Murray. Of course, most of his lines yeah. were ad libs in this movie, which I would bet the line where he, you know, the guy's sitting there talking about, uh, yeah, he calls him dickless and the guy yeah. goes, is this true? And he goes, it's true, sir. Yes, it's true. This man this has, man has no, no dick. dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the part where he's talking to the baby. I mean, come on, man. You can't script that. <laughs> no, no, no. Just love those fucking movies right there. But yeah, they were huge, the Ghostbusters. And the second one, let me, let's break something down. The second one I did love, by the way. I, I enjoyed still it. Did. I enjoyed the second one. I still yeah. did. And by the way, it's funny how much Vigo looks like John Cena in that scene when he's doing the angry face in the one time. And- <laughs> The camera focuses on him. He looks just like Vigo. He's shaking and shit. But yeah, yeah, the second one was good. And it also gave us uh, On Our Own by Bobby Uh, Brown. I love that fucking song. And I I just kind of like, I liked how they kind of like, they came into the second one a little cocky. Like they was basically celebrities by that second one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, they were in that second one. But, yeah, I just thought it was funny. It was almost like they was like <laughs> they shit didn't stick in that second one, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, and of course now you know they they did redo it once with uh, all female cast. Didn't let me just, wasn't well received. How about if I just say that? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. wasn't well yeah. received. That that's vague enough that I'm not gonna you know have a bunch of SJWs. <laughs> yelling at me is you know what i would actually like to speak on that on that movie please do because i saw it i wanted to see the movie and be fair about it because one thing that i did notice is when uh as soon as the movie was announced it got so much hate like people wanted the movie to fail right and i was one of the people saying just i mean yeah i don't like remakes I don't like remakes in general, whether it, whether it's a remake with men or women or whatever. I think that some movies just need to be left alone, but I'm like, just give it a chance. I feel like with that, people already just didn't give it a chance right out the gate. So it was doomed to fail. I saw the movie and it was a funny movie. It was funny. I mean, it's, it's, it, in my opinion, it's not going to outdo the original. I always love the original. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe, I feel like a lot of the criticism that the movie still gets to this day is unfair because a lot of people, like, I, I, I've had conversations with people saying, oh, that movie was shitty. It was awful. It was horrible. I'm like, did you see it? No. Well, I mean, you can't say that it's fucking horrible if you haven't seen it. Judge for yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't let other people convince you that something is shitty if you haven't seen it for yourself you know right that's just that's just how i feel about it i think i think the criticism is unfair um there's a lot more that i like about the movie than there's things that i didn't like about the movie uh one thing that i can say i didn't like about the remake is that every man in that movie is either an asshole 
or a buffoon, a complete buffoon, like every single man. Um, so that kind of, that kind of sucked. But on the other side of that, I kind of understand why they did that because they were catching so much flack just because there are women remaking the movie. It was kind of a pushback for them. So I kind of get that. But being a man myself, I'm like, that, that's kind of fucked up. At least have one decent dude in the movie. Yeah, but you know what? First of all, if someone's making like talking shit about a movie they've never seen, just don't even take anyone like that seriously, like ever. Because if you haven't actually watched it, fuck off. And if you're listening to critics, that's even worse in my opinion. Critics, critics watch movies and look for different things than uh, me or you do. That's that's why they're critics. They critique. They nitpick. I yep. never listen to critics. I always, even if it's the, oh, well, this movie sucked. How many times did a critic say that and the movie made fucking billions of fucking dollars? Can I, yeah. I, I, I want you to continue, but, but to your point, or to support your point, for anybody who is listening to this, if you listen to a critic, keep in mind, Ferris Bueller's Day Off got two thumbs down. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Cisco exactly. and Ebert gave it two thumbs down. Yeah. Again, they watch movies for different reasons than we do. They watch to nitpick them. We don't. So, I I mean, I'll I'll give any movie a chance. I've said before, I like bad movies. I like all the blow up and bullshit and shoot them up and, oh, look, that just exploded. How come? I don't fucking know or care. (laughs) Right. Why did it explode? Who gives a fuck? Look at the fuck. Turn the sound up. Turn up the fucking surround sound. Who cares? That's me. I don't give a fuck half the time. And critics to me, I don't even read fucking their their comments because to me, they're useless. They're fucking useless. It's like food critics. They'll say a restaurant sucks. You go there and you're like, it's fucking delicious. You know, they're there to pick shit apart. Same fucking thing. But I mean, like Footloose, you know, speaking, going back to the remakes I wasn't happy when they remade Footloose and the critics shit on it. Everyone shit on it. I didn't mind it, the new Footloose. It wasn't the original, but it was good. But you just can't. I hate the fact that in society now we immediately shit on a movie without watching it. It was like Bobby said, right when they announced it, everyone jumped on it like it was already the worst thing ever. And it wasn't even released. Right. Go ahead, Anthony. Fail. So, I mean, and, and my thing, like, I'm not, and, and this is all I'm going to speak on the on the new one, because I really want to get back to, to talking about the original, because the original is just a fucking classic. It's just, it's just so great. But my, my point to the, the remake is, if you hate the movie, fine, but watch it first. Watch it and form your own opinion and hate it for the right reasons. You know, that that's, that's all I'm saying. Don't jump on the mob mentality. Don't, uh... You know, don't feel like you're you're supposed to feel a certain way. Don't don't form an opinion based on what other people say. Watch the movie and judge it for yourself. Me personally, I thought it was a decent movie. I thought it was funny. Um, I stand by that. It's not. It wasn't as good as the original, but in my opinion, it was an entertaining movie. Yeah. I mean, at least at least you watched it. That's a good thing. Uh, by yeah. the way, a lot of uh, Footloose, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of Footloose fans in the chat room here. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like that. I'm gonna have to, for- <laughs> gonna have to force Anthony to watch another white man movie. <laughs> <laughs> that 
That nah. movie's all white. <laughs> all I think I, white. I, I think I watch the new Ghostbusters before I watch uh, like Dad <laughs> or fucking Grease. Well, and there is a new, I, by the way, um, R- Ivan Reitman's son is doing a new Ghostbusters. We did talk about that uh, a couple yes. months ago also. We did talk about that. The women are not happy about it, but uh, it's going to go anyway. And yeah. I'm curious to see it. I think a lot of people are going to yeah. be. This one is supposed to be a, a direct sequel to the, uh, right. like, it's supposed to be along, uh, like, in the same universe as the first two movies, right? Right. Yeah, that's, okay. that's what so I've heard. So it's not a reboot. Yep. Yep. So right, I'm with that. I'm with it. Yeah. We'll see what happens. That should be a damn good one. But, uh, oh, yeah. All right. So there we go. Yeah, we need to, we're taking too long on these. Uh, <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. But, uh, yeah. But I mean, Ghostbusters, the original, absolutely fucking just an amazing fucking movie. Great chemistry between all those guys. And, you know, I think a lot of people were worried that. Ernie Hudson was going to be kind of the, the, the odd man out in the movie, but holy shit, did he blend and have some of the funniest, best line he has. Ray, when someone asked if you're a god, you say yes! Right. <laughs> <laughs> and trust me, I can name a bunch of other movies he's been in. He even was in a great movie with Steven Seagal. Uh, what was it? The, uh, the one where they're after the, uh, the Jamaicans. Marked for death. Okay. Marked okay. for death. Ernie Hudson was in that, but, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, a lot I, of good shit. Yeah, he has. And again, I'm sticking with movies that were just close to my heart that as a kid, even, and, you know, kid or teen years, but, uh, that's one movie there that, that, that I will always fucking love is go the original Ghostbusters. So I don't know. Who else? Any more? Any more? You want to go to Anthony's? Uh, I, one last thing I'll say it was another sure. movie that was that was made into uh, a great cartoon, Saturday morning cartoon. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, it was. Where Slimer was actually the star of the cartoon. Oh yeah, classic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It, well, in one of the in one of the because uh, well, there was the it started off as the real Ghostbusters, which it kind of wasn't the original Ghostbusters. There was a Ghostbusters before and the movie kind of stole the title. Right. So the cartoon was known as the real Ghostbusters. And then there was kind of a spin off of that where Slimer was the star. It was more cartoonish and more, more aimed towards little kids. Mm-hmm. But yeah, good shit. Definitely. Uh, Anthony. Oh, my next one. I don't know what you guys, what you guys feel about this one, but my next one is Clue, nineteen eighty five. Oh, fuck yeah, hell yeah! I love this fucking movie, man. Yeah. I, I haven't seen it. It, it. It's obscure as fuck, but I love it. I haven't seen it. Oh my god! And Tim Curry, Madeline Kahn, Christopher Lloyd. Yes. I'm sorry, and because I oh, haven't seen god. it, I'm going to let you guys talk about it while I go take a piss. <laughs> How's that sound? That's fine, man. I'll I'm make a, sure. Oh. I'll make sure my. I, I, I will watch it, and I will make sure I, my mic is down while I'm peeing. All right. <laughs> all right. I'll be right back, guys. Go ahead. Yeah. Because at first I was like, because this is like one of those movies where not a lot of people know what it is or heard of it. Something, and like, I, I was expecting crickets. So, Bobby, thank you. Your excitement. <laughs> <laughs> Butterflies is gone. I was thinking like, oh, it's gonna be crickets. When I say this one. But what do you like about Clue? Because it's just it, it's like quirky as fuck, but I like it. That's what I like about it—that it was quirky as fuck. It was, it was, 
dark enough. Like it played off of its darkness, you know, the quirkiness and darkness. So it was just, I don't want to say uncomfortable. It was just uncomfortable enough, but the uncomfortable, the uncomfortability was comedic. The quirkiness, some of the way, especially Madeline Kahn, the way that she delivered some of her fucking lines. That, that is, Clue is another one of those movies. There's not, a, there's not a long list of movies that I can watch that I could watch like every day. Um, Pope Fiction's on that list. Goodfellas is on that list. Clue is definitely on that list, and Big Trouble in Little China. Like those movies are on that list. I could watch those movies every single day and never get tired of them. Yeah, same here, man. And like Tim Curry, man, like he's another one of those guys, man, that you put him in anything, any situation, clue, Rocky Horror Pictures, you know, he just shines. Mm-hmm. He 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 steals the scene without trying. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. He does, he makes it look easy. He really makes it look easy. And and for me, I I don't know if I'm the only one, but this like he has just this he has just like a little touch of like a creepy factor to him. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know if I'm making any sense, but there's just a little creepy factor to him, but, but not in a way that kind of scares you off, you know, um, he, he can play his role in, in clue and, and you can like, you're all in with it. I'm all in with it, but it, I don't know. It's just always just this little in anything that he's in just a little bit creepy. Now, Bobby, did you ever play the actual game, Clue? Because I actually never played it. And my first introduction to it was the movie. So I didn't even know it was a game at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's an old game. Um, I might have played the game when I was a little kid, really too little to understand how the game was played. But I knew that it, I knew of the game before I saw the movie. So that that actually helped to you know serve as like a, a, a backdrop or a foundation for me to fully enjoy the movie and understand exactly what they were doing with it. Yeah. I've played the game. I just never saw the movie. Dude, you have got to do yourself a favor and watch that movie. Okay. I don't think I'm overhyping it, but I really think you're going to enjoy that movie thoroughly. All right. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Yeah. I will. Calm down. Uh, Take it easy. <laughs> don't make me come over there and play that fucking movie for you. Don't lose your mind. Yep. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. <laughs> Don't worry, Box. It's the opposite of Fat Beach. You'll love it. Oh. <laughs> I like it already. Let me tell you that. But that means there's no titty. At least Fat Beach had titty. <laughs> well, it, it's, a, it's a scene in here with a, a maid that has a nice set of tits. Pretty amazing. Yeah, sounds great. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Uh, all right, you guys good on that one, or you got more to say, or should I go to my next oh. one, or what? Go to your next one. All right. Once again, old one, 1983, National Lampoon's Vacation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Classic. Classic yeah. comedy. Chevy Chase, uh, John Candy makes a cameo in this movie. Once again, all John Candy's lines are... Ad libbed in this fucking movie just because John Candy is a bad motherfucker in this goddamn that movie. That was great. <laughs> and, and speaking uh, of tits, uh, Beverly D'Angelo. I was just My about to goodness. mention her. She definitely was fucking, looking good. She was a good egg in this one. Good lord. Yep. 
Yep. We yeah. got uh, Randy Quaid before he went completely crazy. Anthony Michael <laughs> Hall before he went a little nuts. Yeah. Uh, Dana Barron, who was a little pothead slut in this movie. Uh, <laughs> Eugene Levy in this movie. Yeah, he sure was. The car salesman <laughs> who sold him the family truckster. The station wagon, which, yep, yes, people, station wagons used to be a thing. Uh, they've been replaced by Dodge Magnums now. <laughs> I want one of those, by the way. <laughs> I do like the Dodge Magnum. But, uh, yeah, this is, like I said, you know, another movie. Um, again, Chevy Chase still in his prime doing these movies. Um, just absolutely great. Obviously, these are sort of tied to the, not tied to, but the same, you know, National Lampoon's Animal, Animal House, National Lampoon's Vacation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, these movies, and even after this, I mean, this was great. We saw Christy Brinkley, who mm-hmm. was the hottest model at this time showed up in this movie driving a ferrari um just uh, and like we said beverly d'angelo looking hot and even as the movies progressed and she was she got hotter as these movies got yeah. older like chevy chase that's looked why, older uh, she looked hotter that's why al pacino popped some babies in her <laughs> there you go yeah. um but uh yeah great ass <laughs> i just pitch him Great ass smack, great ass oh, smack. God. That's a great fucking that whole. That's such a great line, dude. <laughs> oh shit, fucking Pacino, man. He's he really is the man. You you gotta you always gotta remember that. Yeah, for sure. If you don't think he's the man, just remember that he put babies in Beverly D'Angelo. There you go. <laughs> he is the man. He is the fucking man. But, uh, yeah, like I said, just another movie that brings me back to my childhood. This was another one of those absolute great comedies. And I didn't get some of the humor at the time. But as I kept watching the movie and watching the movie, I, I started getting some, especially as I got older. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck, man. What a fucking movie. Oh, shit. Shaheen said he almost died five times tonight from light tubes. Uh, he, Jesus. He was <laughs> Shaheen was uh, at a some at some deathmad shit, but uh, yeah, National Lampoon's Vacation. Oh, uh, box! I have yeah. a question for you. Mm-hmm. I both of you actually, right. in no particular order. How would you rank them? Vacation, European Vacation, and uh, Christmas Vacation. I, I have mine. If, if I could go first, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I would put third on the list: Christmas Vacation. Um, second, I'm, I'm a guy who usually likes the first in the series mm-hmm. the most, but I would put, I would put vacation second. And my number one is European vacation because there was lots of tits in that movie. Yes, lots. There was, there lots, was. Yeah, uh, lots of them. So that yeah. to me that like, I, I can't vote against tits. See, I would go vacation Christmas and then European. I like European, but that's, that's just, I watch Christmas vacation every Christmas. Yeah. It's on my list, so that's the way I would roll it. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. How about you, Anthony? Uh, for me, I would go uh, European Christmas and then uh, vacation. Oh wow! Did, 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 did. Three completely different orders. Because <laughs> the original is like the original. I, I, you know, I'm all about like staying true to the original concept. So the original was always going to be the tops for me. Yeah, and like for I said, sure. If, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. If, 
if we're if we're judging by the pure the pure movie and the storytelling, I, I always 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 have to go with the first one. Like that's I'm just built that way. But I cannot vote against all of the tits that were in European. That oh. just that just did it at the age that I was, especially like that just did it for me. <laughs> oh man! All right, two two <laughs> quick things about that movie. Um, of course, a lot of it was improvised. Clark's dance with his sandwich, where he was dancing to uh, Christy Brinkley, all improvised. Um, the send off to Aunt Edna, where he was basically <laughs> rattling off crazy shit, and Rusty's yeah. when Rusty chugged the beer. He wasn't yeah. supposed to do that, but he did anyway. Uh, nice. And uh, the girl who plays the tongueless daughter, the mute, that is actually Harold Ramis's daughter, Violet. Oh, wow. Yep, that is actually his daughter. So, I don't know, cool little thing. This is such a great fucking movie. And uh, again, just like I said, a lot of these movies just are kind of uh, with me in my childhood. So, uh, I don't know, enough on that one. Anthony, what you got? Uh, my next one is Friday. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a good thing. Cause my next one was Friday too, and we'll just wrap up both of ours in one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's. I mean, from the first time, cause I came. This came out around what ninety five, and it was just so many quotable lines in this fucking movie. Oh. I can remember up and down the class, up and down my classroom. I would have been what fifth, sixth grade at the time. Quoted that movie day in and day out for about a year straight, man. So many quotable fucking lines. And it made a star out of Chris Tucker, put Ice Cube, reestablished Ice Cube on the map. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, reestablished Ice Cube as an actor at the Boys in the Hood. Cause, correct me if I'm wrong, he hadn't really done a whole lot of acting between Boys in the Hood and this one. Not much. He did small roles, and this was his first, this was the first movie that he wrote. Right. And directed up. Did he direct the movie as well? Yes. Uh, or, oh, wait, wait, did he direct it, or was that uh, Gary Gray? F. Gary Gray, you're right, you're right, Gary Gray, okay. Gary Gray. And this was another movie he rejoined with Regina King, by the way, after Boys in the Hood. We did that yeah. a couple weeks ago. Uh, so he did <laughs> join back in with her. And yeah, this movie here, man, Friday was, it was kind of a game changer in the 90s. Because like you said, the quotable lines, people again were, how many, people still go, damn, people yep. still do you that shit. knocked the fuck out. Not, the memes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See what I mean? Still quotable lines to yeah. this day. And um, you know this, man. All mm-hmm. of, man, so many fucking quotables. You're right. Yep. My my grandmama came in that chain. Oh shit! You know what else came from this movie? What, dude? And this is so fucking obscure. This is so fucking obscure. And it's funny how we always come back around to wrestling. <laughs> um, D'Lo Brown. The head shake that he did, that he always did, mm. yeah, that came from Friday because he said he was he was he was at a match. I don't know if it was televised. I think it might have been televised. I don't know, but he said they had just watched Friday at the hotel, and, like right before the fucking match, <laughs> and he went out there and his opponent was laid out. So D'Lo just laid out like you know got in his face like uh like Smokey. And said very audibly, you got knocked the fuck out with the whole head shake. He said he thought that he was in a whole lot of trouble. But, you know, when he went back to Gorilla, Vince was like, hey, um, that little head shake thing you did, keep doing that. (laughs) And, you know, this movie, Friday has a lot of people have said 
that this is the, I don't know if you guys have heard the same rumor. This is the happy version of Boys in the Hood. It's actually a happy kind of second to Boys Mm -hmm. in the Hood. I think people say that because in the beginning of the movie, he was wearing the same clothes as Doughboy was. At the end of at the end of uh, at the end of boys, boys in the, in the hood. hood. Yep. Yeah, I think yep. that's why. And, go ahead. And it was filmed. I believe it was filmed like on the in the same the, the exact same neighborhood, like one street over or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, it was filmed right right there. They actually had to be careful of what the fuck they were wearing at that time. Um, yeah. So and of course another the, Chris Tucker improvised a ton of his fucking lines in this movie but I always found that weird that people think that this is the sequel the happy sequel to Boys in the Hood I don't see it <laughs> but I guess he just wanted to tie in a few things well, just yeah well I yeah he definitely wanted to tie that in and what Ice Cube has said in interviews is that he just wanted to show because just like we mentioned um on the uh previous uh episode that we did where we went over boys in the hood that movie spawned a lot of the of a lot of what became known as hood flicks and ice cube kind of just wanted to show that it's not all bad in the hood all the time like there's there's good times there's funny stuff there's laughs and jokes too it's not just all shoot them up i mean there was some of that in friday but it was more funny than anything. He said he just wanted to show that life is just not all horrible in the hood. Right. And, and there were a lot of messages in this movie, especially when, uh, you know, John Witherspoon is sitting there talking about how, you know, you, you, you fought with your hands. You didn't use a gun. You know, you you live to fight another day. It, it did have a lot of good messages in the movie, which I think made it a better movie that it wasn't just a full comedy. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That whole sure. speech, that whole speech was bullshit. If you think about it, because he he didn't use his hands. He used a fucking brick to beat the man down. <laughs> I mean, that, I mean, come on. That's true. <laughs> like, like, let's be honest. If it wasn't for that brick, Diva would have handed him his head. Yeah, but where? But but what was the brick in his hand? See, <laughs> bro, I'm one for if you're getting your ass kicked and you see a weapon, use that motherfucker. I'm one all for that shit, dude. Defend yourself at all costs. You know, you know that's my fucking motto. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I probably would have used a brick too. Against that <laughs> motherfucker? Yeah. That'd be like and if you think about it, like think about this. Like that movie probably was made for next to nothing because there really was no there really were no proven commodities in it at the time. Yeah. And it went on to make how much money? Spawned how many sequels? Let's see. I mean, you got to think. I mean, yeah. that movie, if you think about the filming of that movie, it was on one street. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it was all profit. Whatever it made, it was all profit. Yep. There was there was no serious damage done. You know, no like explosions, <laughs> nothing crazy or extravagant. Yeah. And by the way, this was the first time we ever saw Michael Clark Duncan. He was one of the guys playing craps. Sure was. Yep. yep. And that was the first time we ever saw him. Uh, let me go and see if I can find the uh, box office on this. Because I'll bet the budget was small for this fucking movie. Do they have yeah, that on IMDb? So. Let me see. Yes. Oh, and we will be remiss if we... Fucking Bernie Mac in this movie. He was, oh, <laughs> it, oh. His role was small, but goddamn, it was mem- it was memorable. 
Yeah. Bernie could make any role small, memorable. He just, he just had, I mean, you know, talking about a wrestling that it factor, he, mm-hmm. he fucking had it, dude. Yeah. And, and I, people think, I really think, like, people forget, man, like, early to mid-90s, man, he would have these, uh, I call them pop-up appearances in movies, and he would just steal it. The movie could have been complete shit, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you always remembered his scenes. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, box uh, budget was $3.5 million. In 1995, <sighs> that was nothing for a Oh, that's chump change for Hollywood. Nothing. And it made just in the box office, just remember that, only box office, uh, $28.2 million. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, that's a success. And we, and we also get the quote in this movie, by Felicia, which comes yes. up again in the NWA movie with his son saying, by Felicia, to the girl that was in the hotel room. So, right. <laughs> you know, if you think about it, Ice Cube kind of ties a lot of shit in his movies too, man. He he, he kind of, he's kind of like the uh, the Black Adam Sandler, if you will, you know, in a way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, you know, his his uh I can't believe I never mentioned this before. I don't know if you guys have ever heard, uh, since you mentioned Ice Cube as the black Adam Sandler. <laughs> Ice Cube was working and this has nothing to do with Adam Sandler, but it just reminded me of it. At one point, Ice Cube was working on a movie. He was trying to write a movie and trying to make it happen. Um an updated version of Welcome Back Cotter with him playing with Ice Cube himself playing Mr. Cotter was gonna be called Welcome Black Cotter. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm kind of glad that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Hollywood, for not fucking doing that. Thank you. <laughs> kind of glad it didn't happen, but, you know, I'm still just amused by the thought that Ice Cube was actually going to do that. Yeah, that would have been god-awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awful. Just absolutely fucking awful. But, uh... Man, we knocked out knocked out two right there because that was my next one anyway. But uh, yeah, but I guess since I've been mentioning it, since I've been mentioning it for all of the movies that have become cartoons, there was an animated Friday (laughs) cartoon. I think it lasted for one season. There was. Yep, sure was. Phil Lamar did voices on there. Ah, I like Phil Lamar. I do too. Yep. (laughs) Well, thank you guys. (laughs) We see here. Ice Cube is a black Adam Sandler. That quote alone has justified my decision to listen to him. <laughs> that quote is from uh, one Smart Wahlberg. Once again, like smart. we missed you, bro. Glad so glad you're back, bro. Uh... <laughs> I guess that wasn't the best statement I've ever made, is it? <laughs> hey, man, it works, man. You know what, though? It's it not works. the worst. Trust me. Uh, so oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good thing. Hey, look, you leave that in the chat. You really would have been caught with your foot in your mouth. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go to my number six. What do you say? Go. Go. All right. Another one near and dear to my heart. I used to sit with my dad and watch this movie and laugh my ass off. 1988's Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. You, okay. you guys ever seen this? Michael Caine, Steve Martin. I've seen it, but it was so long ago, man. I, I, I wish I remembered more of about the movie. I, I do remember enjoying it, mm-hmm. but it, it was so long ago. I don't remember much about it. Yeah, it's 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 a very old movie, but it, it is in my opinion Steve Martin at his greatest. Michael Caine mm-hmm. still in fucking pimp mode. Uh you had 
Glenn Headley in this movie, who is absolutely beautiful in her fucking role. Um, just some some of the funniest scenes, though, by Steve Martin are in this movie. Uh, they're con men, or what is what they are. They're con men in France, and Steve Martin's kind of the low-budget con man. And then you got Michael Caine, who's the high-roller con man. Steve Martin's taking women off for 50, 60 bucks. Michael Caine is taking them off for 50, 60,000. <laughs> There's the difference. And, uh, basically, Michael Caine st- starts to show Steve Martin how to, how to do this. And he becomes his student. And it's just a really funny fucking movie. If you've never seen Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, you are missing out. You I have need, to see that one. <laughs> you yeah. have to watch that fucking movie man but uh the funny thing in the movie is they both go after the girl they're both trying to they make the girl in the movie glenn headley the bet who can con her out of the most money turns out the whole time she was conning them (laughs) so trust me i didn't i didn't ruin anything you'll you'll still be shocked but yeah absolutely amazing fucking comedy and uh, i'm gonna go back and watch that Definitely do because you'll be like, yeah. "Wow, this was really fucking good." And yeah. um, yep, go ahead. I do know that. I'm sorry, Anthony. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead, by me. All right. Well, I do. I believe that. I mean, I know that there are a handful of quotes in that movie, handful of quotables, and there's one that I think is fairly well known. I believe it comes from that movie, but um, uh, anybody who listens to this podcast. There's a lot of crossover between uh, this show and Get in the Corner with Yuck Nasty and Dogger Baby. And on their intro, I believe they use a very well-known uh, sample from that movie. Uh, it's too long for me to quote, but <laughs> oh, but any any listeners of Get in the Corner would know what I'm talking about. One of the funniest parts in the movie is uh, Michael Caine convinces Steve Martin to play this, uh, basically his retarded brother, Rupric. <laughs> and he's sitting there and at one point at dinner they're trying to con this lady and he just looks up remember he's a retarded brother and he looks up and he goes may i use the bathroom and michael oh, Caine, yeah. michael kane goes of course you can and he just sits there gets this look on his face like he's going to the bathroom and he goes thank you <laughs> and they start eating yeah. again it is the oh god <laughs> oh my god this movie I Trust me, the, 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 I, I, there are so many quotable lines. I, of course, I can't think of any, but God damn, this movie's fucking great. Great yeah. fucking movie. Go out of your way to see Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Shaheen saying he knows the uh, the wrestling tag team. No, not the same thing, buddy. Not the same thing. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. And I'm I don't sorry. know if I got a CD, the one you're talking about. I don't know if this was a direct remake, but I did see a, uh updated version of a Dirty Rotten Scoundrels with uh, Billy Bob Thornton that came out. Probably about I didn't know that was ago. a thing. I didn't either. I'll have to see if that's the same movie, but uh Yeah, it was him and uh I forgot the dude's name that plays uh Napoleon Dynamite. John Heater. John Heater, yes. yeah. Uh that's funny. My my next movie actually has a remake too, but uh all right, let's go ahead and uh get your next movie since you guys haven't really watched that movie. We can move along just like we wanted to. Um <laughs> Next one on my list is a uh, classic, in my opinion, old school. <laughs> Have you oh, seen old yeah. school? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh I yeah. Mean, 
I mean, you know, we talked about earlier about how like Jim Carrey ruled the nineties, Adam Sandler ruled the nineties. To me, fucking Will Ferrell fucking yeah. dominated the two thousands. Yeah, Will Ferrell, that's that's my guy. Yeah. This was I mean, old school. I mean, go out of your way to see this one, man. This <laughs> Oh yeah. Especially yeah. the wedding scene in the beginning. The whole reason I like that whole, that song "Turn Around Bright Eyes" is a direct result of seeing this movie. <laughs> well, I got to bring Bonnie Tyler into this, man. What the fuck? Yes, that chick's badass. She's holding out. She's holding out for a hero. <laughs> <laughs> Footloose. Uh, see, we just tied them together. But uh, back around. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, old school was a fucking amazing. And you know what? Once again, Will Ferrell. I love Will Ferrell. Yeah. He is such and and it's so funny how how boring people say he is off camera. Right. Yeah, I've heard that. I have too and it's just like how I don't get it, but once that camera's on, that guy is fucking amazing. I mean, you get a ton of people in this movie though. You I mean, you, you got a uh, Luke Wilson, Owen Wilson's brother. Mm-hmm. Is in this movie. Vince Vaughn is in this movie. Yes. I love yep. his character in this movie, by the way. Um, uh, Stifler shows up in this fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, it, this really was, uh, Anthony, do you have a year on that movie? I, I, I don't have it here. Uh, 2003. This was sort of another try at getting the, not coming of age because this was like old dudes oh, trying yeah, to come of age already. again. <laughs> yeah. But it was yeah. another shot at trying to get comedies back into the fucking groove again. Yeah. 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 I, I, I feel what... like. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, buddy. no, no, no. You go ahead. Go ahead. I, I feel. Even though I, I love this movie, I feel like they were definitely trying to recreate the uh, whole Animal House vibe right. with this movie. Yeah. That's what I mean. They were, but with older guys. Right. That, and it's, that, was, yeah. that was the hook. It. It was kind of like Animal House if they were older and they got flopped back to college. Yeah. Is kind of what it was like. But, de- I mean, a great movie all around, though. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Earmuffs. Yeah. And it, right. was, it was one of many uh, frat pack movies. The, the group of guys who became mm-hmm. known as the frat pack. There uh, you with go. Will Ferrell and Vince Vaughn, mm-hmm. Owen and Luke Wilson, and... uh Shit, man! Who else was part? Who else was considered part of the frat pack? Jack Black. Yeah, I think he was. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and there were a few the, other guys. Bmex brings up the earmuffs. That's right. That was a great quote from that movie. Every time they would earmuffs, and the kid would cover his ears. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's something that I've yeah I've heard people still do that today. Actually, yeah. Snoop Dogg had a Snoop Dogg was the guest at the party over there. Yeah. Um, yes. And like I said, Stifler showed up as the crazy zookeeper, I believe it was. But yeah, the, 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 the old school, and you got to realize that movie did very well back then. It was a that was another low budget big movie too, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And all I gotta say is, what the fuck happened to Vince Vaughn, man? <laughs> like once he started going to, I mean, I get it. You know, times change. You get older. But man, once he started going like the family friendly route with some of the movies, it's just like he lost that edge. Uh, I still like Dodgeball. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, good. look, yeah. dude, you, you you go where the money is, and that's where the money was. So actually, this movie was not a small budget. Twenty four million budget for this movie. 
87 million was the box office only on this movie. So definitely made a killing in the movies. Uh, you, you just can't fucking sit there and deny that. Great fucking movie though. Absolutely great. Like I, I, I will always. This is another one. Like I said, I'll stop and watch this one anytime it's fucking on any channel. I don't care if it's got commercials or not. You remember, and also a movie that had plenty of tits. Another yes. reason why I had to put this on my list. Definite good movie. I just didn't put enough tits on my list. I'm sorry. <laughs> tits go on all of my lists. Maybe Every next list. time. <laughs> maybe next yeah. time we'll do a list of titty movie. Uh, titty movies, titty comedies. <laughs> yeah, it'll be Revenge of the Nerds. Tits are always yeah, top the... two on my list. There you go. Always. You can put Revenge of the Nerds up there. Porkies. Put some good ones yeah. up there. Zap, uh, zapped, zapped made me a man at an <laughs> early age. Jesus, <laughs> I like Zap now. Uh, Bobby, did you ever see Zapped again? I did. Yeah, with. Uh... Uh, Scott Bale wasn't in it, right? Willie Ames, I think, was was he uh, the the star of it? That was double because I'm, I'm I remember the original Zap, but I don't mm, think I saw the Scott second. Bale. Yeah, I don't think I saw. I, I never saw the sequel though. I'm, I believe I did. Yeah, but yeah, that that first one made me a man. Uh, <laughs> all right, yes, sir. Uh, all right. My next Good turn, box. All right. My next one is another old movie, but I put it on my list because I remember this is, was and is my dad's favorite comedy movie. He would sit there, not force me to watch it, but he would watch this movie like every weekend for like a year and a half. I don't know what he was on a kick of this movie. It is 1979, The In-Laws. The In-Laws, I I've never seen that. Peter Falk, Columbo. Okay, Columbo. Yeah. And Alan Arkin. Uh, Peter Falk sort of goes back to that Columbo a little bit. He plays a bumbling, uh, basically CIA agent in this movie. Uh, he gets Alan Arkin in a lot of uh, kind of in trouble by telling a few lies and they basically the whole movie is them trying to get away from like the cartel and Alan Arkin has no clue why they're after him Peter Falk won't really tell him he'll give him bits and pieces here and there but it is one of the greatest comedies I have ever seen and it really brings me back to those days where I could just sit there with my dad watch a fucking comedy movie and hear him laugh like he was my age. Like he was a little fucking six-year-old kid, I would hear my dad laugh. And it just, when I saw this movie on the list, I was actually excited to, to, to even bring it up because it is a great movie. It did, this is the movie, it did have a remake with Michael Douglas. Um, let me look that up in 2000-something. But uh, to me, this movie right here, will have a special place in my heart forever and ever. And a special place just in my life overall forever. So, but yeah, you guys have got to see this movie. In my have to opinion. make it a point to watch that. I am. Yeah. I, I saw the Michael Douglas version, but I'll make it a point to see the original. Yeah, trust me, it'll be worth checking out the movie. I do like Peter Falk. Oh, absolutely. Peter Falk is awesome. 
But uh, here, let me see when the the new one with Michael Douglas came out in two thousand and three. No. Is when that one came out. It was a complete remake of this the original movie, but um, it didn't do that great. But uh, yep, this movie will always stick with me. Go ahead, guys. Awkward. No, uh, no, next one on your no. list. Go oh, uh, next one. Yeah, hit your uh, next one. Okay, uh, next one for me, just because I felt like they were a great duo. Wish we had got more from them. Silver Street. Richard oh. Pryor and uh, Gene Wilder. Wow, you went old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a Richard Pryor, Mark. I don't Kill blame me. you, dude. Ironically enough, though, it's not on the list, but my actual favorite movie with those two is uh, See No Evil, Hear No Evil. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mine's Stir Crazy. Yeah, Stir, I got to go with Stir Crazy, actually. I was, I'm was, i surprised if you went with uh, with uh, Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder, you didn't pick Stir Crazy over uh, Silver Street. Yeah, Stir Crazy is my favorite of, of, of the uh, those guys together. Any movie they did together was amazing they were the original spade and farley i guess you could say you know that could be taken very racially uh oh, <laughs> oh, jesus <Bachman>. christ <laughs> i mean you're the one who said it <laughs> i meant by the chemistry <laughs> obviously if you can't figure that one out just stop listening god damn it Gotta call a spade a spade. That okay, that could be taken <laughs> racial, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> oh, man. But to, I, I don't know. I guess to see, this is one movie that I actually would kind of be interested in seeing a remake if it could be done well, just to see who they would get to play those two roles. I think you'd be incredibly disappointed. <laughs> Probably. Name one Probably. person you could get to play Richard Pryor. Seriously. Besides Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's really the, nobody right now. If you say Jamie Foxx, I'm fucking hanging up on you. Please. No, 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 okay. no. <laughs> okay. I, I say, like, if you want to get the same spirit of the edginess of Pryor, the closest you could get in modern times is probably, like, Chris Rock. Possibly. And okay. as far as the Gene Wilder role, hmm, it's a toss-up. Yeah. Farrell? Could Farrell do a, a Wilder type role? I don't. Uh, maybe. I'm thinking hair. Know. Maybe the hair would help. <laughs> See the problem. The problem is the problem is finding a, a big enough and acceptable enough star to play either of those roles. Um, I could actually, if it was maybe like five five years ago or so, they absolutely would have gotten uh, Kevin Hart. You know, um, for sure. But I think the bigger problem is the chemistry because you can't, Uh I I don't know. I mean, I know actors, it's their job to fake chemistry, but Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder had that chemistry. Right. Uh, Sensible Sam is saying Chappelle, Dave Chappelle could play that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if Dave Chappelle could actually. That would be interesting. Yeah, Dave Chappelle's all jacked up now. He couldn't play Richard Pryor. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't do it now. You know, he go with Richard Pryor was a skinny, coked-out dude. He'll admit he that. that. Chris Rock might be the closest one you could get to do that. Seriously, the Wilder character might be the more, more, uh, you know, the harder one to get just because of how 
eccentric and you know and weird Gene Wilder really was. Yeah, that would be a that would be even tougher to get. I mean, what are you going to get fucking Stifler to play the fucking stupid? No, you can't get that. Yeah, you can't yeah. get that Gene Wilder feel. I hope they never remake any other. I mean, I was pissed off enough when they remade the uh, Willy Wonka with you know Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but that movie was all right. They they literally went more by the book than by the movie, which I was fine with. Mm-hmm. I just don't think you can recreate a Gene Wilder. Yeah, I really don't. yeah, I don't think so. And I mean, Gene Wilder and and like I said before, the chemistry between the two of them it, it can't be manufactured. So yeah, man, I I have to agree with you. I would be disappointed if it, if uh, it was remade. Yeah, I, I think any remake of a of anything like that would be absolutely horrible. Yeah. Oh shit, uh, Smark Smark right here. Mike Epps is supposed to play Pryor in a biopic. You know what? That could work. Mike Epps, that could work. Okay, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I guess could, I've never, I've tall, never really been a fan of Mike Epps. Uh, tall, skinny, black. Okay, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else to say. Well, I, <laughs> you know, I mean, I guess to Bobby's point, you know, I, I'll see it before I judge it. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It's just like Richard Price, he's, he's just, he has such a presence and he was like, those are big shoes to fulfill on camera. So it's just like, yeah, you look at Richard Pryor's career, you look at Mike F's career, it don't seem like it go together. So I'm trying to figure out. I don't know. You know what? Click that link in the chat room. He actually bears a resemblance to the picture. So this could work. This could work. I, I mean, this article's old, but I'd be interested to actually see this with him in it, just, just to see how he did. I'll check it out. Yeah, just to see how he did at that at that role, but uh, I don't know, man. That's uh, that's a good one though, man. Those 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 two had again un unmentionable chemistry together. They were just amazing yeah. together, yeah. which is why they put them in so many goddamn movies together. Obviously, but fucking amazing. Yeah. So, all right, move on. Yes, sir. Beetlejuice, motherfucker. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 1988 Beetlejuice for many fucking reasons. Um, yeah. Besides it just being an absolute great movie. Michael Keaton is kind of a low-key favorite of mine. Yeah. I'll, a lot of shit he does. I like. I even loved him as Batman. I'll be honest. Absolutely. Man, he was my favorite Batman. Thank you. Hands down. Right here. Thank you. Yeah. He was my favorite Batman. And... uh this movie, just another, I mean, you got Alec Baldwin, you got Gina Davis in this movie. Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder's. Uh, Robert Goulet. <laughs> Robert Goulet makes a quick interview, quick uh, in this movie. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I absolutely just love this movie. It is another, another one that just sticks with my childhood. Obviously a 1988 yeah. movie. Um, but Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis are great in this movie. And this is another movie, though, that I, of course, a Tim Burton movie. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, think, you can tell he had his he had a style. Oh yes, he has a style. Yeah, no one could have played this character but Tim Burton, but uh, uh Michael Keaton. 
Or yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Michael Keaton was the only one to do this. And actually, this is his favorite film. Hmm. If you hmm. every interview when they ask his favorite film, this is it. Probably because he, he according to IMDb, he ad libbed ninety percent of the lines in this movie. <laughs> but um yeah, absolute just one of the one of the greatest comedies I feel. Again, the eighties was so eighties had so many influential comedies that just stick with me. And again, I guess it's my age because of you know how old I am and mm. but this movie here will be another one that's just near and dear to my heart forever. Yeah, I hope they yeah. never remake Beetlejuice. Never, ever. They were going to. Don't they were going dare. to. I'm glad it didn't happen. Yeah. Don't you dare. And by the way, we talked about uh, Glenn Shaddix a, of a few weeks ago when we talked about uh, he played Ortho in this movie. He was also uh, Bob in Demolition Man. Hmm. So, yeah. But uh, the, like I said, this movie will just always be near and dear to my heart. And again, Winona Ryder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know she was young in this movie, but still hot. Hey, hey, so were we at the time when that movie came out. Exactly, so dude. <laughs> it's fair. Exactly, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, uh, look, uh, looks, yeah she looks so good, you wouldn't mind paying a bill. Mm. <laughs> Two things I'll mention real quick about Beetlejuice, because, man, I know, like, this is so much fun. I know that we're dragging this out, but... Oh, uh, okay. I, mentioning again, um, another po- a podcast friend of ours, Dogger Baby from Getting the Corner, he's mentioned a few times that Beetlejuice is the first movie that he ever heard profanity in. Before that, he didn't know that you could curse in the movie. The part where they said, where he said, "Nice fucking model," ah. it was the first time he ever heard uh, the f word in a movie. Really? Yeah. That's that's fucking crazy. so that and in keeping what i've been doing all night with these movies beetlejuice is another movie that was made into a saturday morning cartoon yes that i do know yeah that i I actually remember watching that saturday morning cartoon um but yeah another like i said a, a lot of the movies i picked tonight are just near and dear to my heart and that's probably the reason i picked most of them so there you go on that note, to not drag it out anymore, Anthony, let's hear your next one. A true classic, Office Space, 1999. <laughs> my judge. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was the one off my cut list. Okay. Uh, yeah, man. Amazing. Fucking uh, another staple of the of the 90s, that movie. What year was it again? I'm sorry. Uh, 1999. 99. This movie was a staple. And Jennifer Aniston, again, so hot in this movie. Yes. I God, mean, yes. any movie she's in, she's pretty much hot. But Jesus Christ, she was great in this fucking movie. But yeah, I, I did like that movie. And that was another movie, though, that really had an influence in 1999. Just shit. 2019. I mean, think about it. It resonates with people at Daily Grind. Mm -hmm. What a humorous spin on it. Well, it's kind of that who wouldn't like to just be hypnotized and not give a shit. I mean, seriously. 
I would love to be hypnotized and not give a fuck anymore. <laughs> a lot of us, a lot of us would love to be that. Just hip, just please tell me I don't give a fuck anymore and let me really, <laughs> really fucking do it. Get the girl of your dreams, get the big promotion at work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By not showing up. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that was another movie that really had a big 90s staple. I mean, you had the, you know, the, the one of the funniest parts is when the, the, the little nerdy white dude is heading to work and he's got his radio turned up with the hip hop playing and, yeah. and he turns it down when the when the black guys go beside his car and then he turns it back up and he's rapping to it. I mean <laughs> that kind of that's the nineties right there, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and Mike Judge once again the the creator of uh not once again, but he is a creator of Beavis and Butthead, so yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. He kind of brought it to life a little bit with this movie. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's still. I guess that's the interesting plot twist here for the night because I've been I've been mentioning movies that were made into cartoons. This was a movie that came from mm-hmm. uh, cartoon from cartoon shorts, actually, because um, a lot of the characters in this movie actually came from cartoon uh, shorts that uh, Mike Judge made. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and but but like I said, this movie had a big impact in 1999, and you're right; it does carry over to 2019. It is kind of the movie that, I mean, it, it's it's everyone's life, and like I said, everyone would love to be hypnotized and just not give a fuck anymore. I would, any okay. day, any day, I'll do it. But uh, yeah, what else on Office Space? Uh tits, Jennifer Aniston. Oh. <laughs> She doesn't actually show her tits in this movie. Don't 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 mislead people. No. <laughs> no, no. I just I, 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 was, I was on a Jennifer Aniston kick for a second there. All right. Yeah. I she's get very it. high on my list. Yeah. I get it. All right. Well, let's go to my next one. I said let's I had go. another Robin Williams on here, and I do. I got the Birdcage from 1996. You guys seen this movie? I, I don't think I've seen that. <clears throat> Robin Williams, Gene Hackman, Nathan Lane, Diane West from Footloose, the mother from Footloose, uh, Hank Azaria, Callista Flockhart is in this movie. It's all shot in South Beach. And I think one of the funniest things about this movie to me, Nathan Lane reminds me of my uncle. <laughs> reminds me of my uncle just even just he's uh, both of, both of them are gay nathan lane really mm-hmm. is but rob yeah. williams plays a gay guy in a relationship with uh with nathan lane and his uh rob williams has a son with an with another girl that he obviously had a little fling with once before he realized how gay he was i guess and he's getting married, and the whole movie is Robin Williams owns and Nathan Lane both own a drag club downstairs from his apartment. And Callista Flockhart plays the girlfriend, and her dad is Gene Hackman, and he's this big senator or something. So they don't want to let out the fact that they're going to meet him at this place where... 
all the drag queens are, all the gay stuff. They don't want all the gay stuff to come out, the drag queens. And uh, it's basically them just trying their hardest to not let any of the news come out to all the press. But it is a... Robin Williams is amazing, as usual, in this movie, though. And Hank Azaria is in this movie. Who highly underrated. Highly underrated Hank Azaria. If you don't know who Hank Azaria is, watch The Simpsons. He's half, <laughs> yeah. he's half the voices in The right. Simpsons. Um, best movie I can tell you with Hank Azaria, if you want to watch, is Quiz Show. Oh, wow. Oh, my yeah. God. That is one of my favorite movies. Just that was a good like, movie. I gotta go back and rewatch that. Low key favorite movie. Hank Azaria is in that movie though, but Hank Azaria is in this movie too when he plays the gay houseboy who tries to act straight through half the movie. It's just really funny, but uh, a really, really funny movie. If you haven't seen The Birdcage, you gotta check it out. It's just a funny fucking movie. And again, Nathan Lane is hilarious in this movie. Um, but a pretty big cast for a you know a movie you know Robin Williams Nathan Lane is obviously a you know well <clears throat> you know a, a very good actor and Callista Flockhart was huge at this fucking time for that show Felicity. Uh, that was it, right? Felicity. Uh, uh, Ally McBeal. Right? Ally McBeal. Thank you. Yeah. Ally McBeal. So you know she was huge and. Just a great fucking movie. And to see Gene Hackman play in a comedy role was kind of cool and a little weird at the same time. But even he has a, you know, a lot of comedic parts in this movie. But uh, there you go. If you haven't seen Birdcage, check it out. And uh, Anthony, you got to have at least one or two more, right? Yep. Uh, one we sort of reviewed, but not really in full. Uh-huh. Early episode. But uh, I'm going to go for my next pick, Clerks, the original. Nice. Yes. Yes, and I was saving that specifically. I want to get high up on the list. It's number 40 here, but I feel like it should be higher. I mean, Oh, yeah. If there's a such thing as a perfect movie that fit the times, fit the era, you guys were, were teenagers, like young adults at this point, so it spoke more to you guys than it did me at the time. But, uh, man, how well does Clerks hold up to you? My girlfriend sucked 37 dicks. <laughs> in a row? In a row? <laughs> Fuck off. And, and, and honestly, I gotta say, man, <laughs> what's the dude that played Randall? <laughs> I'm sorry. What's his name? Jeff uh, Anderson. Yes. yes. I would say, like, second to David Spade, he, <laughs> I mean, he has that sarcastic sense of humor that I love. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Like some, like some people try to pull off sarcasm, they can't do it well, but he makes it work and funny. He's no. funny with it too. Oh yeah, and he makes it work in every movie he's in with Kevin Smith. Yeah, every yeah. movie he's in, he makes that because that's just him. I think. I mean, I, you know what? Here's the here's the interesting thing, and I uh, somebody might want to look this up and tell me if I'm wrong on this. The the characters of Dante and Randall are actually based on Kevin Smith and Jeff Anderson. Right. But Jeff Anderson is not the Randall character. Jeff Anderson would have been Dante, and Kevin Smith would have been the Randall character. Wow. 
That may, I think I might be wrong. I think on you're that, right on that. I think that's that. what I remember hearing. I think you're right on that. I know they had a weird little character switch going on there, but yeah, dude, that I totally agree. Randall made that movie. That yeah. whole again, kind of like Leslie Nielsen, that dry, straight faced humor. You know, just go back to that movie and think about the whole Star Wars or Empire conversation. Yeah. Just absolutely fucking hilarious. And again, that, that ties right into, and those movies are great once again, because I think they hold a good place in Kevin Smith's heart because yeah, he, a lot of the lines in that movie were kind of putting him out there to the audience. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The yeah. comic books and all the shit he was into, he made references to. Yeah. So if you're passionate about something, and you're showing your passion, it always turns out good. And if you're looking for funny, it'll turn out funny. Yeah. yeah. And it was fun for him. He got to he got to give his friends jobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because just about everybody in especially in that first movie, they were just neighborhood friends of his. Jeff Anderson didn't aspire to be an actor. He <laughs> he did the he did he played the part as a favor to his boy. Yep. <laughs> you know. That's why you haven't seen Jeff Anderson in a ton of movies. He has done other movies outside of Kevin Smith projects, but uh, he, he pretty much just did it as a favor. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, let's face it a lot. I mean, Jason Mewes was kind of a fucked up druggie at the time, which he does yeah. slip back into a lot. And, you know, right now he's good and sober, but he gave him a chance and Jason Mewes wouldn't have been anything solid, you know, without, Kevin Smith and yeah, but just so many good. The original Clerks was just. I think Anthony might have hit it on that. It is one of the perfect movies, and even in black and white, yeah, it's one of the. It it really is a fucking perfect movie out there. It really is a perfect fucking movie, and like I said, I mean, if that movie was in color, I'm just imagine how much. I don't even know if it would. I'm not even sure it being in color would have made it better. No, yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know. Honestly, obviously, it was done in black and white. You know, financial reasons just couldn't afford to do color. But it actually kind of worked with the theme of the movie because you know, the main character Dante, he's kind of like a sad sack, very you know, self-deprecating type of dude. So the black and white motif kind of fit with the theme of the movie. Yeah. And uh, even and honestly, believe it or not, even though the movie was centered around Dante's character, I really feel like without Randall, the mo- you have no movie. No, right. because he was kind of like the spark that uh, Dante needed to get his shit together. Because mm-hmm. if you notice, if it wasn't for Randall, he wouldn't have gotten half the shit he got into. He would just yeah. go to work, do his thing, go to fuck home. <laughs> well, right. I mean, he wasn't even supposed to be there that day, you know. I mean, <laughs> Wasn't even. I'm not even supposed to be here. <laughs> but, you sound like a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, that that movie was Kevin Smith putting himself out there to the audience, which I think was, like I said before, I think that was one of the things that just made it resonate with an audience is someone just putting their passions out there to people, you know. So and he and he did it like what. 15 years before, like, it became cool to be a nerd with the comic books and shit. Think about that shit. Yeah. He was ahead of his time with yeah. that shit. Yeah, exactly, man. Just, 
don't know, man, but I, I definitely agree. What an awesome fucking movie. Just imagine if that movie came out today, like in black and white. How many, how many people would shit on Clerks simply because it wasn't in color? <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. It, 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 literally, in 2019, if he tried to put out the original Clerks right now, no one would see right. it because it's not in color. That's yeah, how long, long yeah. scenes and mm-hmm. and and uh, slow edits, uh, long monologues. Right, lots no. of dialogue, nothing exploding. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. It, it would be that movie would be a fucking failure right now, dude. Yeah. A fucking failure. It would be, which is sad. It yeah. kind of says a lot about where we're at right now. But yeah. that, that's that's fucking sad right there. Yeah. Plus, it's 2019. A lot of people wouldn't get the references. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can still update the references, and again, the simple fact that it's not in color, no one would, no one would go fucking see it, because yeah. everyone's a bunch of spoiled little bitches nowadays and doesn't give anything a fucking chance. Yeah. You know, no patience for dialogue because this movie is very, is very dialogue heavy. <laughs> and that's what I need. You know, I need dialogue in a movie. You know? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, the dialogue makes the movie in that in that movie. It's it's kind of Glenn Gary, Glenn Rosses. I mean, that's another dialogue heavy movie that, without all the talking in that movie, you wouldn't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. But uh, man, well, can't say two more things. I'm sorry. Two more things for me to mention. Uh-huh. Number one, Clerks. Yes, Clerks was made into a cartoon. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> There's an animated series of it. You can find it on DVD or you can probably find it online. Um, also, uh, I was thrilled to find out. Um, don't know if you guys are aware. You might be at this point, but we are getting another Jay and Silent Bob movie. Yes. Yeah. I have seen that. Yeah, they are getting back together for another fucking movie. Uh, Kevin Smith swore up and down he would not get back with Jay until he sobered the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he yeah. did. Like I said, if you follow him on social media, you can you can kind of tell he's not fucked up. If you followed right. him before and followed him now, you can see a big difference. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I do remember it's, that, and it's a blessing because mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he was on he was on heroin, you know, and he's open about that. He oh, was yeah. on heroin, and that's a big one, man. That's one that a lot of people don't make it back from. Oh, dude, this guy sat there and told stories on Opie and Anthony about how one time his fucking syringe broke and he knew the best and fastest way for him to get high was for him to shove it up his ass. So it got into your fucking, you know, your blood that way. And I'm like, that's how you know. You got a problem. (laughs) You've gone way too far at that point when you're shoving drugs up your ass. So, you know. At least in my opinion, I think you have. I could be wrong. But uh, <laughs> all right, let's go. I've, I've got two left because I, I stole 12 movies and to Anthony. Right. Uh, Anthony, you should have one left, right? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so because we both had Friday. My next one is another one that just, again, back to my childhood, back to me being 15 years old and my sister's friends getting me drunk and making me watch this movie, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yes, sir. From 1975, the year I was born. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, 
My sister's friends, literally, when I say they would get me fucking drunk at 15 years old, they would, they would get me stoned, and they would watch this movie and laugh like little giddy girls. (laughs) And for some reason, this movie stuck with me. I mean, the Knights of (laughs) Knee. And uh, the rabbit scene where the rabbit goes crazy. Run away! Run away! But <laughs> I, I, Anthony, have you ever seen this movie? Have you ever seen any of the Monty Python movies? Uh, shame to say I have not yet. Oh, shame on you. You've got to expand your horizons. Um, these Monty, I will. <laughs> these, there's three main Monty Python movies. There's The Holy Grail. There's The Life of Brian. And the meaning of life. Those are three staples that I've always watched. But Life of Brian is on that list, too. But the Holy Grail is, again, just another one that I'll never forget being there. You know, that first drunk feeling. Well, at watching this with my sister's friends who, again, my sister's two years older than me, so... It was always cool to let me drink and watch movies with them. You know, being a 15-year-old, they're sitting there at 17. I thought they were, like, the coolest. But uh, great, just an amazing movie. Monty Python was sort of, uh, you know, he had kind of his little crew with him, too, that he had in his movies. Uh, Graham Chapman, John Cleese, Eric Idle, who did show up in European Vacation, by the way. It's just yeah. a flesh wound. Just a flesh wound. Right. <laughs> Squirting blood everywhere. Squirting blood everywhere. <laughs> um, but the Monty Python movies are very British humor. They are British. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's quirky. Very quirky. Very quirky. Uh, it does take a little bit to get used to it, but these movies here, man... This this one especially is probably my favorite. Like I said, I've seen all three of the main three Monty Pythons, but uh, great movie right here. Monty Python's uh, Holy Grail. So, I mean, basically they go through all the old, you know, mythology of King Arthur and all that and make fun of it the whole time. <laughs> you know, they don't have horses, but they have coconuts that they clap together to sound like horses and they're running (laughs) like horses and basically this was these were the first spoof movies before all the spoof movies became popular (laughs) yeah i guess you're right (laughs) it really was i mean when you think about it i mean from this is 1975 and i don't think i ever remember any spoof movies like this but this movie here just trust me and a lot of those characters i just mentioned uh, play multiple characters in this movie. So, you know, your, your Graham Chapman, your John Cleese's, your Eric Idols, uh, Terry Gillum, Terry Jones, Michael Palin. Uh, if you don't know Michael Palin, again, very British humor, but was in a ton of shit. And, um, I don't know, man. Uh, B Megs, yeah, this was before the Lampoons, I believe. I think Monty mm. Python was before Lampoons. Maybe because uh, cause National Lampoon originally it was a uh, magazine. Magazine. 
so the so all the movies started off as just stories from the magazines. Right. So I don't, right. Yeah. Might have been around the same time. Um Jesus, when was Animal House? Now you got me thinking. Animal House was definitely after seventy five. I believe. Yeah, I think it was like because yeah, because because uh, because yeah, because um, what do you call it? Animal House was written for the uh, Saturday Night Live cast, but yep. the only one who could do it was Belushi. Yep, nineteen seventy-eight. Exactly. I was. I nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. So, yeah. I mean, I, I know there's not a lot we can say about this movie. It's very detailed and it changes stories throughout it. But if you have not watched any of the Monty Python movies and you're into good comedies, especially older comedies, and if you're into British comedies, you'll love this, Mr. Bean and shit like that. Yeah. Um, I know Shaheen is a big Mr. Bean fan, so I don't know if he's ever seen these, but these movies I recommend watching, especially Monty Python and the Holy Grail. It's just weird humor. If you're into weird humor, check it out. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the movies. Yeah. And I love just making them, you know, they're just, like I said, making total fun of history. And it's just, it's just, it's just a great fucking movie to me. And like I said, it, again, a lot of these movies just bring back a lot from my childhood, man. So, all right. Anthony, you got one more? Uh, one more. And, uh, it's, uh, kind of had to cheat. I cheated a little bit. Uh oh. Eddie Murphy. I'm just going to say Eddie Murphy. Because on the list, they had Trading Places, Coming <laughs> to America, and Beverly Hills Cop. I couldn't decide, so I just said, fuck it. I'm going to get by it all in the one I pick. All right. Because, <laughs> I mean, like, he, dominate, he dominated the fucking 80s, man. Like He did. Pick, picking your favorite Eddie Murphy movie from the 80s like trying to pick your favorite kid. Yeah. You right. can't do it, man. It's like all of them. I mean, the only one I probably didn't like was probably, like, um, what, Golden Child. Oh wow! What? Really? You didn't like Golden Child? No, what? no, I'm not. I got that. No, who's that other one? Um, Best Defense. Only because that okay. I felt like that was a bait and switch because he was only yeah. in the movie for like two minutes. Right, that wasn't his movie. Yeah, yeah, but if you don't like Golden Child, man, I'm fucking. Nah, I don't know if nah. we can, I, I'm not even sure we can continue. I'm not gonna... <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, Golden Child was badass. I want the knife. <laughs> yeah, I love that fucking movie, man. Golden Child. God damn. But yeah, you're right, dude. Eddie Murphy, man. I, and reason all three of those we've, I believe we've gone over already. We've already reviewed all three of them. Yeah. Um. But yeah, dude. Eddie Murphy was. I mean, we've talked about him a ton of times. He was an '80s badass, dude. He just ruled the fucking '80s. Like you said, Coming to America was on there. Beverly Hills Cop was on there. Trading Places was on there. I think there might have been one more with him on there, too, wasn't there? Or was that it? That might have been it. But, it. I mean, just think about that. He's one of the only actors on there that has three movies on there. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you could throw 48 hours in there as a fucking comedy. Yeah, and if you really sure. think about it, like he's like an anomaly because he literally came out of nowhere and just blew up. Yeah. It, it, really, yeah, it, it, it really wasn't no period where you felt like I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Bobby. No, go ahead. But it just like it, it was no real period where he kind of like started from the bottom and had to work his way up. He literally just came out of nowhere and just blew yeah. up. Like he was on Saturday. He was a child on Saturday Night Live. Right. <laughs> He's a fucking anomaly, boy. Like whatever he got, he should sell it and bottle it, <sighs> or bottle it and sell it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, just. Trying not to sell the tranny part, but um, 
Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't I mean, we've talked, so, we've done so many Eddie Murphy movies for a good reason because uh, he was, he's just such a, a, an incredible actor. He's so, he's very, he's versatile. He's done a bunch yeah. of different things. And I don't know, man, but yeah, Eddie Murphy, like you said, it'd be hard to narrow down his best comedy. It, it really would be. Yeah, really. I mean, this just this list just scratches the surface of his comedies that were great, in my opinion. Yeah. But I mean, they did mention the best three coming to America, Trading Places and uh, Beverly Hills Cop. I believe those are the best, probably his top three right there. Uh, I mean, Beverly Hills Cop, he pretty much solidified his career off of. Trading Places was a stepping stone for him. And uh, the third one, what was the third one? Was, coming uh, to America. Uh, coming to America was another fucking stepping stone for him, too. So really just three fucking movies that just got him through the fucking 80s, man. Yeah. And for sentimental reasons, I wish they had a spotlighted uh, Harlem Mike somewhere on this list. Yeah. Just because of the fact that you had three generations right there. First and only time it ever happened. You had the past, present, and future in one movie. I guess they didn't want to over-Eddie Murphy you on that list, but I agree. Harlem Knight should have been somewhere on that list. We've done a lot of movies that belong on that list. But uh, Harlem Knights definitely would belong on that list. But yeah, man, Eddie Murphy, definitely. I don't think you can deny how how big his career was. For 80s comedies. Yeah. I really don't. And I mean, even going up into the you know early 90s when he was trying to get a little more serious and, you know, like Metro where he played the cop with Michael Rappaport, which that movie, in my opinion, is under fucking rated. Yeah. Under rated, in my opinion. So, but I mean, he, 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 he tried to get out of the comedy thing and it just, it didn't fit. I mean... You just see Eddie Murphy as a, com- as a as a comedian, and there's no other way to look at it. Even though he he actually is a really really good actor, I agree. Yeah. I agree, yeah. but he I'm not going to say he typecast himself. I mean, he sort of uh he got lucky with the fucking Disney money. Yeah, you know, with Shrek and everything. So, yeah, good for him. But uh, I don't know, man. Obviously, the Eddie Murphy of today is not the Eddie Murphy of yesterday. Uh, yeah. But uh, we said before, he is looking to try to make that comedy comeback, and I would love to see Eddie Murphy come back to comedy. And uh, Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think we could use another abrasive comedian uh, well, I don't, re- I don't, revival. I don't know how abrasive he would be at this point in his life, though. You know? I mean, it was easy for him to be abrasive at the time when he came out doing it in the 80s. He was a young man. It was a different time. There were different influences. He has different things going on now. Right. You know, he's an older guy. He's he had different, uh, you know, a lot of life experiences. And I mean, it's just a different age. It's 2019. You know, right. his views are probably a lot different than they used to be. His demeanor is probably a lot different. I mean, I would still be very interested in seeing what he can do i'm sure he's still funny i don't think you lose that but i just don't think he will be the same no no i agree and uh b makes says uh ben stiller the same way ben stiller is actually the opposite because ben stiller 
His first role was in a movie called Next of Kin, where he played kind of a mob boss's son. And he kind of went from serious roles to comedy roles. So it's kind of like the complete 180 of what Eddie Murphy was trying to do. Now, I know you might not have known that, but, you know, there you go. I do remember Next of Kin. I don't know if that was the... uh, that was one of Liam Neeson, uh, not, uh, yeah, Liam Neeson's first, uh, one of his first movies with Patrick Swayze. When did that come out? Oh, yeah. Late 80s, probably late 80s. Probably late 80s, maybe. Here, let's see, next. Uh, By the way, sorry about that box. No, that's fine. I, I figured you, I, I knew you'd come back. Uh, next of Kim came, uh, oh, 1989. Okay. Yeah, great movie. Underrated fucking movie. Um, yeah, any more on Eddie Murphy and just Eddie Murphy? Yeah, there's too much to say about Eddie Murphy, so right. well, <laughs> we'll be here for another eight hours. So. I got one more, and that's my last one. We were uh, coming down to it, and we were looking for comedies that are great, amazing, probably couldn't even be made today. And the number one on my list that would have been number one, like no matter what, I got 1974's Blazing Saddles. Oh, great. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I, I mean, just again, this is a movie that was made a year before I was born, but it's another one of those movies my sister's friends used to watch. Monty, my sister's friends were big on. Monty Python movies, Spaceballs. Yeah, Mel Brooks. Yep, all the Mel Brooks movies, basically. And this movie, Blazing Saddles. They would watch this religiously and, again, be fucking drunk watching this movie with them at 15 years old. <laughs> uh, but, again, you've got Cleavon Little and Gene yeah. Wilder, uh, Slim Pickens. Uh, Mel Brooks, of course, is the governor. Uh, just this... But you want, I mean, Jesus Christ, this movie right here, you want to talk about stereotypical racist humor. It's all there. Yeah. It's all there, and it's all funny. But yeah. if you tried to make this movie now, it wouldn't even get to no. the fucking, and no one would even read this script. There would be so many problems because people wouldn't get that the that the racist humor and all kinds of all of that type of stuff is poking fun at that type of stuff. People just wouldn't get that today. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, but I mean, <laughs> seriously, if yes, B. Megs, Slim Pickens was in this movie. He used the N word a bunch of times. Uh, <laughs> And no, Quentin Tarantino did not write this. Uh, <laughs> it's his favorite word, but no, it is, yeah, Tarantino, to do with this. Tarantino loves slipping that N word in whenever he can, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Mel Brooks, I mean, every movie Mel Brooks it does, in my opinion, is absolutely great. We did Spaceballs. It was on this list. Another reason I left it off my list. But uh, this movie, Blazing Saddles, again, where are the white women at right in the beginning of the show? 
Um, I've asked Anthony before. He can't seem to answer me. Where are the white women at? I don't know. Starbucks. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Sometimes a few of them could be found over here. Yeah. But wow. They're not white at Starbucks. They're pasty white. It's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this, I mean, like I said, this movie would have been number one on any favorite comedy yeah. list I did. Blazing Saddles. Just, I mean, the part where he's holding himself with a gun and they're all like, back up, I think he'll do it. He's holding the gun by himself. (laughs) But, I mean, just uh, literally, this movie is probably one of the greatest comedies, in my opinion. Um, uh, There's uh, This should be on the top of a lot of people's list. If you really are into comedy movies, then this movie should be up there in yours. But um, I could just imagine them trying to make this movie today. Holy shit. Would this movie just fucking bomb? I Like I said, I don't even think this movie would make it to screening. But no. uh, There would be so many protests. Yeah, but thank God a movie like this was able to be made back then because it, it's, it, it's just an amazing comedy. And I mean, you want to see, like I said, all the humor is in there. Gene Wilder in this movie is absolutely great. He's in the prime of his career. Yeah. It just, I, I, I really can't say enough about Gene Wilder, to be honest with you. Dude. I'm a huge, a huge fan. Yeah. And again, here. Bobby, you're right around my age. So it's a little, you know, different for us because we grew up with that Gene Wilder, the crazy Gene Wilder that is yeah. in all these movies and, you know, we got a little more of appreciation for him. We saw a lot of these before they were, right. you know, cult classics, if you will. Blazing Saddles is kind of a cult classic. Absolutely. My, yeah. So, you know, but uh, just yeah. a, so many great things in this movie. Great characters. <sighs> uh, Blazing Saddles, man. I, I just can't say anything, <laughs> anything else good yeah. about it. Yeah, Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder is a hero to me because he was lucky enough to be married to Gilda Radner, who I was just a huge, huge Gilda Radner fan. Yeah. You know, I, I, she was just so funny to me. Again, part of that amazing Saturday Night Live crew. Yep. That yeah. the, the yeah, she, she was part of the original crew, wasn't she? Original, not ready for mm-hmm. primetime player. Yeah, she was. She was part of that crew. She was uh, John Belushi. John Belushi was pretty well known for saying that women are not funny. Like he 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 really strongly believed that there were no funny women in the world except for Gilda Radner. He thought she was the only funny woman in the world. She certainly was, man. She was absolutely someone uh, sensible. Sam says she was comedy royalty. I cannot, cannot disagree with that. I I was heartbroken when she died. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Wilder was never the same. No, yeah, never the fucking same after it. But uh, Gene Wilder will always go down. I mean, Willy Wonka is probably my favorite overall movie of all time just because of Gene Wilder. I think that character that he played in that movie was played to 
perfection. Yeah. If you really watch that movie, I know there's some really slow parts, the musical parts of it are kind of shitty, but when you get to Gene Wilder and watch him play Willy Wonka, it's just absolute perfection. And, uh, you know, that movie definitely is one of my absolute, like I said, overall favorite movies. Um, I've made my kids watch that a ton of times and they <laughs> love the movie. Love it, which makes me yes, so I have proud. it on VHS. <laughs> do you? Yes, I do. I, I, I have the actual DVD and I made a copy of it so I could bring it in the car because I didn't want my kids taking my <laughs> yeah. DVD. I didn't even mean to unwrap it. My kids unwrapped it and I was pissed because I had had it for mm. like, 12 years wrapped. Oh, wow. And I'm like, why? Because it was the 25th anniversary edition. Oh. I know. I got to find Damn. out. I know. Every time I look at it, I go, I got to buy another one and leave it wrapped. Yeah. Yeah. I need to look for it. Yeah, it was the 25th anniversary edition. They unwrapped it. They wanted to watch it. They saw all the candy on the on the cover, and I'm like, oh. Ugh. What right. did you do? Oh, <laughs> uh, man, I've been like, there, man. Uh, little kids, they, man. They didn't know. They were like, well, we, yeah. we opened it for you. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> right. Do you want to watch it? Something nice. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to you watch it? Okay. <laughs> but then I thought, eh, fuck it. We got Amazon. We can find another one. True, yeah. Yeah, and and yeah. I just haven't done it yet, but I do need to. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Gene Wilder's just always going to have, you know, I've, no, I've said this a ton of times, but he's always going to have that little place in my heart just because of all the fucking, you know, Willy Wonka and, St- you know, we mentioned Stir Crazy, another one of my favorite movies, and yeah. just, he was just so great. And, I mean, just the... the, the, the just the part he played in Blazing Saddles, the the drunk. I, I mean, when I say drunk, he was a drunk in this fucking movie. He drank bottles at a time. But uh, just always going to love him. And, uh, you know, a lot of people said they were trying to kind of create another Richard Pryor with Cleavon Little in this movie. Yeah, I never got that. Well. That's actually what they were trying to do because it was the part was originally supposed to be for Richard Pryor, but he couldn't do it for Richard Pryor reasons. Right. And I meaning he was probably fucked up. Probably fucked up. I I do believe Cleavon Little did very well at not at he kicked ass. He did. He separated himself from being that Pryor character. Yes. And I hate to sound like fucking Randy from American Idol, but he sort of made it his own dog. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He did, though. He did. It would have been disappointing if he would have just went on screen and emulated Richard Pryor because it would have been too obvious what he was doing. He put himself in it. Richard Richard Pryor was always funny, but Richard Pryor was like a a different kind of cool. Cleavon Little was cool. (laughs) You know, he had his own brand of cool. Right. So uh, right. I like that he that he put himself into it as, instead of acting like Richard Pryor. Yeah, yeah, and, and and Blazing Saddles, another one. If you have not seen Blazing Saddles, first of all, you're doing yourself an injustice in life. 
but uh, definitely check that movie out. Matter of fact, check out all the Mel Brooks movies. I'll be 100% honest with you. Uh, the guy is still alive, still wants to do one more movie before he dies. I hope, well, look, he's, okay, guy. Well, I'm not being mean here. The guy's in his 90s, I think. For sure, yeah. Give me a second. Yeah. Mel Brooks. Hey, well, shit, Norman Lear is still out there doing his thing, so why not? Yeah, I mean, Mel Brooks, is, Mel Brooks is 92, ladies and gentlemen. So, yeah, they, yeah, he better he better get on that quick. <laughs> yeah, watch Blazing Saddles, watch Spaceballs, watch Young Frankenstein, uh, the sure. producers, and History of the World Part One. Yes, yeah, hilarity at its best. Um, but yeah, definitely check out all Mel Brooks movies because they are just fucking amazing. And I would love to see him put out one more movie. Because I believe they would let the old fuddy duddy be as in politically incorrect as they as he wants to be. <laughs> I really do. I, yeah, yeah. Come on, the guy's fucking nineties. Is it his nineties? Let him get away with it. <laughs> right. And I would hope they would, because I would love to see one more. Mel Brooks. Jesus Christ. Mel Brooks movie before uh, we don't have him anymore. Yes, please. Yeah, let's get one more out of the guy. And he was talking about doing a Spaceballs 2. Yeah. Don't know if it's been done or not, or if he's really serious, but holy shit, would that be a fucking... That would be great. God, do I wish John Candy was around to have a role in it. So many people from the original are just not with us anymore. Joan Rivers is gone. Yeah. It would be a... It'd be a tough watch, but I would still watch it. Yeah. Now, I like the idea for the, the original. The original idea for the sequel of Spaceballs was supposed to be Spaceballs 3, The Search for Spaceballs 2. Right. Yeah. right. That would have been fucking just amazing, man. But yeah. uh, all right. I don't know, guys. What do you guys think? Think we should uh, wrap this bitch up? We've been on uh, about three hours. Yeah. Yeah, we had a lot of fun, man. But yeah, this was a long one. (laughs) Yeah, it was. But uh, and and Jesus Christ, imagine we thank God we didn't go through 140 of them. (laughs) Yeah, went through 22 movies and still it took fucking that long. But uh, yeah, great show, guys. Definitely appreciate it. Uh, Guys, check out all those comedy movies we just talked about. Uh, That was definitely fun. I enjoyed doing that. Uh, Bobby, always thank you for joining us. Thank you, always. No problem. Everybody, don't ever forget to check out Shaheen over there on NuclearHeatGraphics.com. Uh, he'll, uh, he's got a bunch of stuff on his website, and uh, if you don't see it, don't forget, he will draw it for you. I promise. Commission him to do whatever you need. Yeah, uh, also, man, also, don't forget to support his Patreon. Yes, don't forget to support his Patreon. I believe NuclearHeatGraphics.com, right? Uh, nuclear Heat nuclear Radio. Radio. There you go. Jump on that. Definitely follow him. Like we said before, uh, Jake Ed on Yakuza Kick Radio, Wrestling's High Marks, Wrestling Soup. Uh, and don't forget to check out uh, me and Shaheen Wednesday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, right there on uh, THT, uh, Mixer.com slash THT Podcast. And uh, we will be back in a couple weeks. We are going to do a few more things on the... Hopefully we'll get some other things going. Might even go back to doing weekly shows. I don't know. We'll talk about it a little bit later. 
But uh, definitely appreciate everybody listening live. Appreciate everybody who downloads. Appreciate the chat room for always keeping the show strolling along. And yes. uh, that's it. Appreciate it, Bobby and Anthony. Thank you. And uh, we'll see y'all next time, y'all. Later. Hopefully we weren't too negative tonight. You know, because nobody likes a negative Nancy, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make me name the show Negative Nancy. All right. <laughs> Later, y'all. See you. Peace. Wasn't even being funny. Then he cartwheeled around the room and slow danced with a cleaning lady. He was a one man party. You know I'm talking about, I'm talking about my friend Chris Farley. <laughs> On Saturday night, my man would always deliver. Whether you was the bumblebee girl or living in a van down by the river. <laughs> he loved the bears and dicker dance at Chippendales with Swayze. When they replaced his coffee with Folgers, he went full on crazy. The sexiest cap girl and me loaf in the band. Without him, there'd be no lunch lady in lunch lady land. You know I'm thinking about, thinking about my boy Chris Farley. After a show, we drink a quart of Jack Daniels and stick the bottle right up his ass. <laughs> but hungover as hell, that Catholic boy always showed up to morning man. We tell him, slow down, you'll end up like Belushi and Candy. He said, those guys are my heroes, that's all fine and dandy. I ain't making that stuff up, that's the truth about my boy, Chris Farley. Saw him in the office crying with his headphones on Listening to a Casey and the Sunshine Band song I said, buddy, how the hell is that making you so sad? Then he laughed and said, just thinking about my dad The last big hang we had was at Timmy Meadows' wedding party. We laughed all night long, all because of Farley. But a few months later, the party came to an end. We flew out to Madison to bury our friend. Nothing was harder than saying goodbye, except watching Chris's father have his turn to cry. Hey, buddy, last moved on, but you still bring us so much joy. 
Make my kids laugh with your YouTube clips. Oh, Tommy boy, yeah. And when they ask me who's the funniest guy ever knew, I tell them hands down without a doubt it's you. Yeah, I miss hanging out, watching you try to get laid. But most of all, I miss watching you torture Spade. You're a legend like you wanted, but I still wish you were here with me. And we were getting on a plane to go shoot Grown Ups 3. Yeah, life ain't the same without you, boy. And that's what I'm singing about. I'm singing about my boy Chris Farley. And if we make enough noise, maybe he'll hear us. Give it up for the great Chris Farley.